Well, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone listening in to this newest VORW podcast. Welcome, one and all. This program is going out to you very likely on Friday, the 21st of January, 2022. Primarily, this program will be the 2022 predictions show. A little later in the month of January than I ideally hoped, but uh, we're getting the show nonetheless. It got all of you uh, who are interested in submitting a prediction plenty of time to uh, get one in, and I certainly tried to read as many as possible. Hope everyone out there listening in is feeling and doing all right. As for me, I'm doing uh, nicely enough. The YouTube channel is going very, very nicely, though, um, all things considered. Very, uh, very strong performance in terms of how it's going into uh, 2022, better than I ever would have envisioned or hoped, as a matter of fact. The channel, analytically speaking, is uh, the strongest it has been in a very long time. We're talking well over a year at this point, so the fact that it's somehow making it into 2022, it's, uh, It's unexpected, but I'm very happy with that. I just didn't think after all these years it would still somehow be be going. Um, But I am very touched in a way that people actually still still consider it something worth watching after all these years. So it's nice to see. Very nice to see. All right. As I said, this broadcast is mostly going to cover listener predictions as to what people feel 2022 has in store. We're going to get to that in a minute, obviously. Well, these days, anyway. This show isn't as structured as it used to be. I think people like it that way, though. I I know I do. Um, So a few minor updates. Number one, like I said with the YouTube channel, everything there is going nicely. Those KFC Nuggets, did you see the review for those? The Beyond Nuggets, I thought that they were inedible indeed. I, You know, I thought it was fair, though. I thought it was fair in the review where uh, I outlined my issues with them. But I mentioned uh, that preparation is taken into account. And people always seem to omit the part of the review where I said that, you know, if they were okay and you could eat the darn things, then... Uh, I would have given them a better score. But uh, no, they were horrible. They were absolutely horrible. Uh, I've seen other people report the same thing. I've seen probably seven or eight other reviews talk about the rubberiness. Um, Some people have gotten better ones, but there's that variability with them. Now, I think with the Beyond stuff and all of the, you know, the fake meat, the lab-grown meat, or whatever it is. Is it lab-grown? I don't even know. Whatever it is. I know there is such a thing as lab-grown meat. But uh, just the fake meat, you know. The beyond or the impossible stuff. I think it's good that there's alternatives for people who, who, who want it. Um, that's great. I think ideally you could have some options on the menu... For people who are uh, vegan, etc., while retaining the original choices likewise. 
Now, as for me, I don't eat the Beyond or the Impossible stuff outside of when I'm doing a review. And uh, the reason is quite simple. It just doesn't sit well with me at all. And uh, I feel quite quite sick in a way after eating it. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work with me. I think maybe it has to do with how processed it is. Maybe it just... I don't know what it is, but something just doesn't set well with me at all, so I avoid it. But the option's there for someone that, that wants it. But, um... Yeah, those nuggets were a disappointment, granted. <laughs> I, I liked the, this picture that KFC posted on their social media that was their attempt at trying to make them look uh, appealing and edible. And the picture that they used was this nugget that was cut in half, and the cross-section, the inside, it looked like this gray stuff. <laughs> this gray, this, this solid block of, of gray matter on the inside of this nugget. I thought, this is the best picture of it that they could find? <laughs> Gosh. You know. I understand that a lot of the Beyond and the Impossible stuff, uh, they have their fans, they have their supporters, and they have people that like it and want to see it um, succeed. But if it's a bad product, it's a bad product, and that one was not good. Consider going back in time and looking at my review of the Impossible Whopper or the Beyond Sausage Pizza from Pizza Hut. And see for yourself, those were great reviews. Don't think that I just hate this stuff um, completely. It's just the the um, the nuggets, well, it's just not it. That is not it right there. And I'm not going to sit there and pretend that it's the greatest thing ever when it clearly isn't. That's why... Sometimes people don't like what they hear in the reviews, but I just try to give my honest opinion. Lately, the quality of a lot of stuff has been lacking, and uh, I will not hold back. I try to be fair, and if something's good, like for instance, look at the Little Caesars situation. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of what happened with the pepperoni. When they release their next item, and inevitably they will, uh, I will review it, of course. And if it's a great item, I'm going to give it a great review. It's not like, oh, F Little Caesars because they did this with the pepperoni. And I'm never going to give them a good review again. Nonsense. Nonsense. I'd love to, to see a good pizza from them. So, that's what we have there. Geopolitically, and just what's going on in the world, two things. Number one, um... This isn't even my main prediction, but what do I predict in terms of Russia and Ukraine? A lot of saber-rattling going on. Um, this time does seem a bit more serious than the others, admittedly. So, will Russia go in? I don't know. I'd say the odds still are that a full-blown war or conflict is not going to happen. Will there be limited incursions, though? Well, could happen. It could happen. All I hope, admittedly. And this is just my, my foreign policy viewpoint. One that I have always had. This is nothing new. 
I myself am very much a non-interventionist. Uh, now, there are times, for instance, where some things may need to be done here or there. That's not to say that the U.S. should not have strategic military positions around the world, but I don't support the whole idea of being the, uh, you know, the world's police force, and we have to go in here, and we have to go in there, and this warmongering approach, well, we got to go into Venezuela and destabilize them, and we got to go into North Korea, and we have to go attack Russia, and we have to attack China, nor am I a fan of the policy of having enemies just so we could have enemies and someone to pit the blame for this, that, and the other thing on, that we have to have the designated boogeyman on the world stage. I've never liked that. But it makes things easier that way when, you know, you just pin the blame on, on this country or that country and, you know, you have the good guys and the bad guys for all the theatrics which is what so much of it winds up being. It's just nothing really gets done. It's, you know, for the masses. And uh, it makes for easy excuses and easy answers. But the Russia and Ukraine situation, we've been there before. In Russia, they put the troops on the border. And then they say that they're going to invade any minute. And then they don't. And then eventually it gets back in the news and... It doesn't happen. Everyone, though, for a week, it's the happenings. We gotta go monitor the EAM messages. And some guy reading off the NATO phonetic alphabet, that's gonna be it, that's gonna be World War III. That's a thing that people do sometimes when this Russia and Ukraine stuff starts. There's, uh, on the shortwave, some frequencies used by the U.S. Air Force for messages called EAM messages. But, uh, yeah, they're fun to listen to. You hear some guy reading the NATO phonetic alphabet and numbers, so he'll say, um, usually they'll have these various call signs, so the guy will say, this is, he'll say, all stations, all stations, this is fire, opal. Right, that would just be his call sign. And then you'd say, stand by, message follows, and then they'll read a message, a coded message granted, so they'll say, uh, Victor, Delta, 1, 7, X-Ray, Zulu, and, and they might go on and on for a long time, sometimes it'll be shorter, but it's a string of letters and numbers that, again, no one can decipher. And then they'll say, I say again, they'll repeat the message, and then again, they'll give the call sign, this is Fire Opal out. Now, that's just one call sign. I've seen they'll say, this is Mainsail out. And then there's always the big one, this is Sky King. That's the big one, the Sky King messages. But it's these forms of coded messages from the U.S. Air Force that you still hear on the shortwave. But for some reason, whenever Russia and Ukraine start up with this rhetoric, a lot of people turn on the shortwave and they start monitoring the EAM frequencies for these messages and every time one goes off everyone thinks, oh, this is going to be it. This is... Nothing ever happens. It's just kind of... It makes me laugh. But, uh... Yeah, like I was saying, it's nothing new in terms of these tensions, but again, some things seem a bit more ramped up. But that's not to say that the rhetoric hasn't been particularly harsh in the past, because it certainly has been. 
do I think that this is... All right, let's say Russia goes ahead and invades Ukraine. I don't know what's going to happen right now as of 2.46 a.m. On Thursday, the 20th of January, nothing has happened yet. But uh, if they do, you know, hopefully the response from Western powers will be, if there is a response, economic, gotta be out of your effing mind to go to war with Russia. And uh, if the powers that be decide to do that, well... There goes any hope for 2022, not like I really have any to begin with, but any chance of any hope whatsoever is uh, going right out the door. And harsh this may be, and I don't care how people take this, but if the powers that be decide to go to war with Russia, they're going to reap what they sowed. They're going to reap what they sowed, all right. And if we're talking full-blown war, and not just some sort of proxy conflict, which theoretically, if they play it smart, if they want to go that route, Ukraine would turn into and we'd give some arms to, you know, this group or that group, etc. It would just be one of those things, but let's say you ditch the proxies and it's head-to-head, U.S. versus uh, Russia. It's not going to be like one of the conflicts that people these days are so used to. It's going to hit. It's going to hit home, and it's going to hit hard. And regardless of who wins, hope the people in charge look at the smoldering ash heap that's going to exist on both sides and uh, think, boy, this was really worth it. But pay attention to this. If they decide to drag us into a war... Not saying that they will. I would say it's extremely unlikely that they would. But let's say the warmongers win out and they decide to go ahead and drag us into a war. Uh, you wait and see. The U.S. populace, for, at first, is going to strongly disapprove of it. But I want you to pay attention. Look at the numbers. Look at the support for it. Let's see what they do to make people support it, because they will. And it's going to get to a point, and I don't know what it will be, But it'll get to a point where eventually you're going to have probably 70% support or approval for war by the end of it, if they decide to take us into it. It's going to start off the other way, but people are more easy to convince, I've, I've realized, in terms of public opinion, especially when it comes down to the government, than you think. And, uh, so many of the people that at first would be saying, no way, I don't support this, etc. Six months later, are going to be saying, yeah, send in the tanks, uh, sign me up, etc. You just wait, because that's how it is. That's how it goes. You see this time and again with different things. So just wait and see. They will find a way, and they know it, if they go that route. They know they could win over the public. So you just watch. But I hope it doesn't take that route. I most certainly hope it doesn't. I don't expect it to. I'd say the odds of that happening are astronomically low. I think all parties involved realize that it just wouldn't be a a good thing to happen. 
if uh, again something happens with Ukraine, I think at worst it would be a proxy war, and uh, we will see. But that's not to say that things haven't happened in Ukraine before. Of course they have. And has World War Three started? I remember in 2014 when you had the, you know, Russia annexed Crimea. That didn't happen because of any sort of a peaceful deal that was made. Ukraine had troops in Crimea. Russia sent their troops right in with Ukrainian troops still there. I remember that night uh, as Russia was going into Crimea, people were waiting. When are the shots going to be fired? This is going to be it. This is going to be the beginning of a huge war, etc. And uh, nothing happened. And then you also had the war in Donbass with uh, all of the various proxies. Now, that's still going. That's still uh, a stalemate. But again, World War III didn't happen there. So just my take, I think it would be a similar situation to what we've seen in terms of proxies, etc. Maybe financial support for one group or the other, maybe some sanctions. And the UN is going to go out and they're going to say, that they have deep concern, and that's going to be that. Um, that's if the situation plays out that way. For all I know, what could happen, this is just going to take the same exact course of action that it usually does, and uh, the, rhetor the rhetoric will increase, and then it will simmer down again for a while before a few months later it'll increase again and you'll get the next day in the news and the cycle repeats. So that's just the situation there in Ukraine and a few thoughts thereon. Now essentially that was my own prediction so I'm going to omit that from my personal prediction because th that's, that's one right there. Um, otherwise, if you've been following the news you see the situation in Tonga that happened, the Pacific Island, I was covering this on my shortwave broadcast quite a bit, and uh, you had that that volcano that just exploded in a massive explosion, probably the largest volcanic eruption, probably since Mount Pinatubo. Uh, honestly, since, since that, the 1991 eruption, this is probably the next biggest one. A massive, massive volcanic eruption near Tonga, the force of that eruption and the explosion, you name it, generated a Pacific-wide tsunami. And uh, poor Tonga, they were really hit hard by it, both the tsunami and the eruption. And, uh, you know, the thing is with this situation is that it goes to show Think of it this way, the people in Tonga, how did they get their news? How are they getting their news, some of them still, right to this moment? You have the volcano that blows up, you have the tsunami, electricity gets knocked out, internet gets knocked out, telephone gets knocked out, the undersea cable gets knocked out, it's raining ash, all of the local radio stations are down. What's what's the one thing that I talk about all the time that 
is how people would still be able to get news and information over there in Tonga. Right, you know what it is, shortwave radio. So that really came through. And uh, in the wake of that disaster, uh, Radio New Zealand was doing a good job offering uh, news coverage as best they could of that uh, of that situation for listeners in Tonga. And I was listening, they were doing as best they could, but uh, it was great to see a shortwave station still that understands the importance of radio, especially when everything else goes down and there is no alternative. Uh, it was very good to see. And uh, I'm sure there were listeners over there tuned in very, very thankful that there was a station that, when everything else was gone, they could still listen to. So Radio New Zealand did a good job with the coverage uh, of that event, and uh, they did the best job that they could, and I think they were really a shining example of the importance of international broadcasting in times of disasters when all infrastructure goes down. So that was good to see. There's still communication difficulties in Tonga. It uh, looks like some islands got hit worse than others. But there was a report that really caught my attention. The tsunami waves right at the scene were huge. Um, this, was from, this was from the government of Tonga itself that said this. 15 meter high waves. I mean, can you imagine that? Almost a 50 foot wave. That's a tsunami headed your way. If that hit you, I mean, you'd have to be at high... You'd have to be on high ground, and the roof of your house won't work at that point. You got if there's a mountain or something, get up there anywhere you can. Because a 50-foot wall of water will destroy anything in its path. So any areas that were hit by those 15-meter uh, waves... You can't see how they, they wouldn't be completely obliterated. But again, some parts of Tonga fared better than others. At least there is a recovery effort in place, and again, New Zealand and Australia seem to be doing what they can to help. Some communications have been restored, as some of the government officials are using satellite phones. But uh, things don't look like they'll really be back to normal there for months, at the very least, so... Just sad to see. Very scary stuff, though, seeing the images on the radar of that explosion and hearing about all of this stuff. It's uh, very scary stuff. Very scary tsunamis and volcanoes and earthquakes. Well, Mother Nature, you know, very, very, uh, very powerful. Not something you want to mess with. So that's the situation there in, in Tonga. For those of you who have been long-time listeners, maybe you know that I've brought up Radio Australia in the past, which was a shortwave station that covered the Pacific. Uh, it was run by the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, and uh, they used to broadcast 24-7 to the Pacific with news and entertainment and information. They left the airwaves very controversially in 2017. And since then, Radio New Zealand has really been the one station left to cover the Pacific. 
and they've done the best they could to step up and uh, take the role that Radio Australia had, and they do a good job. Like I said, they were they were there for all the people in Tonga providing news when uh, no one else was. But Radio Australia is still still there on uh, online, and some people were criticizing them. Of course, they were saying, "Well." Wouldn't it be great if Radio Australia was still there on the shortwave to reach Tonga and places like that, but instead they abandoned them years ago, which is true. That's a valid criticism. Uh, But, you know, with all of this talk, well, what if Radio Australia was still on the shortwave, right? Imagine the immense good that they would be doing for people like that in those, uh, those areas to provide news and information. I thought to myself, well... Let's imagine right now that Radio Australia was still on shortwave and just, you know, the online stream that they broadcast with was still relayed on shortwave. So I was, I said, yeah, I'm going to tune into their online stream and uh, let's see what sort of content and let's see the coverage of the disaster in Tonga, what, what, what people would be missing out on. So I tuned into Radio Australia, I loaded up their stream... And as this was going on, and as Radio New Zealand was giving their coverage, you know what Radio Australia kept talking about incessantly? Novak Djokovic. And that's all they talked about. They didn't mention the tsunami, or the explosion, or the eruption, ever. Not even once. It was Novak Djokovic, and vaccinated, and unvaccinated, and this and that, and the vaccine, and... and, uh, not one single thing about the ongoing disaster. So-called station to serve the Pacific obviously finds some subject matter more important. So, people have their criticisms, but uh, the hell does it matter in the end? What, what difference does it make if they're on the short wave or not at this point? The people in Tonga wouldn't be any better off. You think they're going to be gathered around their radio... We got a tsunami coming in. I got to tune into Radio Australia so I could hear about Novak Djokovic now. We've got 50-foot-tall waves coming in, and I, I got to go listen, and, and I got to find out what's going on with him before I die. <laughs> Give me a break. So, people have their criticisms indeed, but if the content is really just that, no one's going to benefit from putting them back on the air, so just forget it. People still give their political promises in Australia that they're going to bring back Radio Australia, but it's not even worth it at this point. Uh, If the coverage is going to be that out of touch and that useless for the people that they claim they'd be bringing it back for, then don't even bother. You know, use the couple million to to fund something that's actually going to be useful. Uh, I like shortwave. I, I like international broadcasting. You know, I'm a huge advocate of that stuff, but... I just think it would be a complete waste if the content isn't even going to help a single person. So, that's just my opinion. Harsh it may be, and maybe not something you think would come out of my mouth, but it's uh, it's just how I feel. Alright, discussion out of the way. Let's get into the predictions show. Now, first I'm going to start this off with a prediction of my own. Following that, we are going to get into the listener-submitted predictions for uh, 2022. 
Now, it should be mentioned to this program, since it's not going to be on YouTube, I am not going to be censoring this in any way, shape, or form. And I told listeners who wrote in, do not hesitate to predict what you wish. And I will respect your predictions, and to the best of my ability, I will read them, provided they're appropriate. So, if it needs to be said, I'll say it now, chances are you will hear things in this broadcast that you will disagree with. You are going to hear viewpoints and takes and opinions that are diametrically opposite to yours. I say that right now. You 100% will because I've already recorded the predictions and yeah, there's ones that are the complete 180 of one another. Now, I personally don't think that the predictions themselves are very controversial, but I understand likewise that the definition of controversial uh, can vary. So I will warn you right now. There is controversial material ahead. I'm going to pause for 10 seconds just so you could think about that, and then decide if you want to keep listening because that is your warning. So beware, you're going to hear things you disagree with in this show, and that's just how it's going to be. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds. If you want to keep listening, then stay tuned. If you don't, this is, this is your chance. Just get out right now. The main discussion of the broadcast is over. There's not going to be any more original talk on my end. So if you want to just tune into the next show, by all means. Um, so take a minute, consider what you want to do. Well, really 10 seconds and uh, consider it. Obviously, you could leave at any time, but this is when I think you should seriously consider it. So take a little bit. All right, and for anyone still here, now we're into the broadcast. Um, like I said, the predictions will be what they are. Obviously, you understand that Yeah, I might not agree with everything, but I hope at least you could listen, find it maybe amusing or entertaining, or try to see, well, why do people have these predictions? Why do they feel this way? Or uh, it'll just be interesting. I hope you could just see things from the broad perspective and think, yeah, it's interesting, you know, let's see how it really plays out and what uh, course things decide to take. That said, I want to begin this program with my own prediction, and then we will get into listener predictions for the remainder of the show. So, it, my prediction isn't going to be the most specific one in the world. It's a pessimistic prediction, granted. I think in many ways 2021, I think in many ways 2022, and I'm sorry if I was just calling it 2021, but 2022 uh, is going to be similar to how 2021 was. I think it's going to be remarkably similar, but I don't see things really getting any better. I don't think that 2022 is going to be some big, great year of improvement. Uh, I don't think COVID is just going to disappear in the next year. And uh, I think 
It's going to be gradually. I think it's going to be in ways that you really wouldn't notice very much by the end of this year, but it's going to be indicative of a continuing broader trend, in my opinion. And I think, yeah, again, in perhaps an imperceptible way, but like I said, it's just going to be indicative of a broader trend. I think, number one, COVID will still be around. And in terms of COVID, I think for a few months, maybe in the spring, things will look a little bit better as the Omicron wave kind of burns out and uh, so many people have immunity one way or another. Um, But then you're going to have another variant that I think will will come about. Maybe this one will be from the Middle East. That's the feeling. Maybe it'll be from one of the Gulf states. But uh, the next variant will come about and uh, the cycle continues. Maybe it won't be as infectious as Omicron, but it will spread and you will continue to see different countries handle it differently. But I think COVID will continue. It'll still be around a year from now. You're going to have different strains and variants with different names, but uh, I think it'll still be there. I think by the end of the year, and this is what I was talking about in terms of broader trends, um, it's not really going to be noticeable, but it's not going to be better. And this is, I think society and human behaviors are going to continue to degrade Uh, People will be slightly angrier. People will be slightly less caring. There will be slightly less civility in this world. Uh, The polarization will continue. I think, if anything, it will just keep getting worse. And uh, all of that in terms of human behaviors are going to keep going downhill. I think some people are going to begin getting more violent. And such things by some are going to be regarded as either acceptable or, if not acceptable, expected behaviors nonetheless. Uh, In short, humanity is going to become slightly less human in terms of behaviors, and uh, we're going to lose a bit more Uh, decency, dignity, care, and respect in this society. Particularly, this is going to be a U.S.-based thing. You're going to see this worldwide, but it's just going to get worse and worse um, in the U.S. I'll tell you what, long-term prediction, I have no hope whatsoever. Uh, I, I say this with full confidence. I have no hope that anything's going to get any better at this point. And I think it's going to get to a point one day, maybe we'll be talking 2030s, but people are going to start killing each other over very minute, minuscule things. Now, we already do that, but uh, it's going to get worse, and you're going to, you're going to have to start worrying about even going to the store if you're going to get killed um, because someone bumped into you or you looked at someone the wrong way or you took the last piece of meat that was available and uh, now they're going to want to 
blow your head off or stab you in the parking lot because of that. Uh, it's just going to be expected. There's already people you could just tell by looking at them uh, that more and more people are eyeing for a fight. I think people lack the organization for there to be any sort of civil war. You're not going to see that, but uh, you're going to see a civil breakdown. I think that's already in progress, but I, I don't think there's any breaks on that train. I think it's just going to get um, worse and worse. So my... my uh, feeling that it's going to get any better is uh, gone. It's dead and gone at this point. And uh, that's still like a decade or maybe more away. I think it's going to happen in the big cities first. And then it's going to spread to smaller, you know, mid-sized towns and the small towns and eventually the rural areas. So at this point it kind of seems like if you want to buy yourself some time and maybe some quality of life, uh, get out while you still can. That's just the impression that I'm getting. Now, you could say what you want to that. You could say, man, you're, you're mentally ill to say that, but I don't know. I don't know. Hard not to see it that way, though. That's all that I could tell you. I hope I'm wrong. Look, I don't want this pessimistic nonsense to come to pass, but... It sure feels like it. Um, it's just, you know, why wouldn't things degrade to that point? You might say, well, what about law and order? Yeah, that's true. There needs to be law and order, but there's only so much the system can handle if the system even wants to handle it to begin with. If it can't, then you could say all you want, but it's just going to be a facade. If there's no one there to, to stop it from happening or to investigate anything or to prosecute the perpetrators or to carry out justice, or if there isn't a system left or willing to hold those accountable for their actions, then what's the point? People are going to realize that. So... Societally speaking, I just think we're going we're gonna to keep going down that path. It's not like we're all going to be killing each other by the end of the year. I don't think you're really going to even be able to tell a difference, but things certainly aren't going to be noticeably better either. And it's just going to build year after year. So yeah, this at the end of this year, you're not going to notice much of a difference. And at the end of 2023, you won't. And the end of 2024, you won't. But it's going to happen gradually. So year on year, you wouldn't really notice any sort of change. But if I saw how things were in 2026, it's going to be noticeable. I'm going to say, what happened? When did this change? You know, the answer to that will be there was no real flashpoint for when it did. It's just been going down this, this road and it's just slowly been building on itself. So I just think we're, we're going to keep going down that road. Um... But that's not to say that there won't be some bright spots. There will be. Um, but it's largely going down a dark path. Anyway, that's long-term stuff. Short-term, I think COVID will continue to be as divisive as ever. Why wouldn't it be? And you could see the polarization is still there with different percentages of the population based on um, recent polls. 
that show that there are certain percentages of the population that support extreme measures cast forth toward those who either have different views or have made different decisions than they have. Um, so when you have data coming out like that, the polarization shows no sign of stopping or slowing down. Just another reason why I feel so strongly about the degradation of, of uh, society and human behavior. Um, not that this is the root cause of it, but it's certainly something that it will, it will feed off of as well. Just more fuel to the fire. So it's still going to be an issue. Um, I think some governments will be, like you're seeing right now with the UK, will be easing restrictions still, but I wouldn't be surprised if restrictions eventually come back in one way, shape, or form. And, uh, again, it depends on the country, but certain countries, I think, will go more ahead with restrictions or mandates or shutdowns or whatever it might be, as opposed to others. And uh, it's just going to be, it's going to differ place to place. I don't see the supply chain issues or the inflation getting any better uh, over the next year. I think maybe around June or so, things are going to start looking optimistic, um, but then some sort of other event, and I don't know what it's going to be, but I just see something coming along, and it's going to take those hopes, and uh, it's all going to uh, crash and burn, and it's going to feel like a setback of sorts. So I think by the end of the year, uh, you know, the shelves are going to be even, maybe even emptier than they are now, and uh, I don't think there's really going to be, uh, you know, too much of it. Maybe the inflation, maybe it'll be the same, maybe it won't. We'll see. But uh, I just don't see any dramatic improvement in terms of quality of life or any of that um, by the end of the year. I think, politically speaking, I think the midterms are going to go about as uh, as expected. Um, a lot of tension, but uh, I think in the end the Republicans will uh, win the House of Representatives by a comfortable majority. Uh, they will also win the Senate, not by as much, maybe just by uh, two or three seats. But I expect both houses of uh, Congress to shift to the right as will a number of uh, governorships and even state legislatures. I think, um, more locally speaking, I think Florida is going to get hit by a hurricane this year. Maybe it'll be a Category 2 or 3 hurricane. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen, but it seems like we've dodged a bullet long enough that uh, this might be the year. We'll see. And geopolitically, again, I think the prediction in terms of what I said with Russia and Ukraine is about all that really needs to be said. On a lighter note, I think the celebrity meals are going to continue. I'm actually going to mention that a little bit uh, in terms of the, uh, the specifics that I think about them a little later on in the show. But, uh, I mean, in the end, I think the year, it's, it's still going to have good moments. It's still going to have its high and low points. I think in my opinion, though, in terms of exclusively um, paying attention to society, uh, politics, human behaviors, 
and all of that, uh, the year isn't going to be the best. But that doesn't mean that you still can't have a good year. There's certainly things that, you know, could happen that could, uh, you know, could certainly improve the year. And likewise, I think it's about what you make of it personally that will also make a, a big difference. There will still be ways, especially by maybe trying to savor the small things. We're still spending some time doing the things you enjoy doing in life or, you know, being with the people that you want to be with, etc. You know, spending time with friends, family, people you care about, or doing the things, again, that, that give you enjoyment in life. There are still things that taking that into account could make 2022 a good year, but it's going to be more of an individualized thing. That's not going to change some of the larger things going on in the world, but it could make the difference between letting all of that getting the best of you or not. Um, as you can see, my view of the future is very pessimistic, but we will see how it plays out, and there are still ways to stay sane in all of that. So, that's my prediction for 2022. I think the year, it's not going to be a great year, but like I said, there's still ways that you can um, stay sane through all of it. That's my opinion. A very pessimistic prediction. I want to be wrong, and I hope it is. May, uh, May 2022, not just personally, but in terms of how just things are in the world, may 2022 be a better year. All right. That said, let's get into the predictions. By the way, the next show that I do after this is just going to be for random talk uh, and all of that, so... Today, I am only going to be reading emails about predictions, but if you want to have a topic for discussion in the next show, any random questions, comments, or things you'd like to share in uh, the next broadcast, or topics you'd like to hear my thoughts on, we're going to be covering that in the next show, so feel free to write in v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Once again, that's v-o-r-w- I-N-F-O at gmail.com via email. Alright, so now with all of our prefacing out of the way, let's get into the predictions. First, I'm going to take a sip of coffee to give me some energy to do this. Very good. I needed that sip. That was good. Okay. That said, now, let's read some predictions. Some of them I may comment on, some of them I may not. Um, but as we've already said, you know how it is. Just take it uh, as it comes, and uh, that's all that I have to say. So, let's get into it. First prediction comes in from Luke, who said... I've been a huge fan of your work and wanted to reach out for the first time after listening to the podcast for the last year. I have a few predictions. Prediction 1. COVID will burn out this year, 
as the Omicron variant will help us reach herd immunity. The vaccines don't seem to be effective in stopping COVID anymore, as many in my own family who are fully vaccinated and boosted still got COVID, but they seem to make the symptoms less severe. Only something like Omicron running fast through the population can help us beat this right now. Prediction 2. Most Americans will cut the cord on cable TV and go streaming in 2022. Already, over 40% of all American households do not pay for a traditional pay TV service like cable, and I imagine it will be over 50% by the end of 2022. And prediction three. As COVID comes to an end in late 2022, I expect to travel. I expect to travel, and vacation spots will see a major increase in visitors, as people who put off vacations for two full years are now rushing to get away from their homes. Lastly, sadly, some people will never be able to put their fear of getting sick away. And there will be people who are unwilling to go outside in public again without a mask. Also, some people won't ever want to leave their houses again unless it's needed. Wishing you the best in 2022 from Luke. So thank you, Luke, for your predictions. Uh, obviously, four of them are really COVID-related, one of them in regards to media consumption. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. I'll tell you what I observe in terms of the uh, vacation prediction. Uh, obviously, here in Florida, you know that it's a huge travel destination, and lots of people, domestically and internationally, uh, enjoy coming to this state for the theme parks and the beaches and all of the sights to see and things to do. Uh, now, from what I've seen at Disney... I have seen the parking lots, because I obviously don't go to the theme parks or any of that. I, you know, I barely do leave the house, indeed. Um, but from what I have seen, the parking lots look the fullest they have ever been. And uh, this is supposed to be a bit of a downtime. So the parking lots look absolutely jam-packed. So I think people are already trying to get that head start. Maybe they have a little bit of money saved up. Uh, as you said, they're anxious to get out of the house and uh, try to do some traveling. So from what I see at Disney, it looks like more and more people are going there. So I could see that prediction playing out. And in terms of cable television, you know, cutting the cord, uh, we will see. I myself uh, do not pay for any sort of cable service. And, uh, I don't really watch television anymore, but if I do, it would be via the antenna. I go old school with the over-the-air television, because you could get a decent variety for free. So why not? All right. This prediction comes in from Michael in Minnesota. I have no strong feelings on this prediction, as it seems more inevitable than anything uh, else to me. But whether it is this upcoming year, or 2023 or 2024, I really can see Biden having some serious health issues. It sadly just seems like the writing on the wall that Kamala is poised to be the first female president of the United States in some capacity 
maybe even for a short time. Let me say I wish no ill will on Biden. I vote Democrat. Love the show. Stay safe out there. Michael in Minnesota. So thank you, Michael. Yeah, the prospect of uh, health issues having an impact on uh, the presidency, uh, certainly something that people have raised, and uh, we will see. So thanks for checking in. Next we hear from Clint in Oregon. You called for predictions, and I have a few. Mainly, I feel like we're inching slowly toward normalcy, but my prediction is that we will continue to have surges of COVID due to the individuals who refuse to take precautions or vaccinate. I'm a personal trainer at a gym, and I'm appalled at the number of people who refuse to wear an effective mask and or wear a mask effectively. As a result, I'm predicting that anyone who hasn't been vaccinated will contract COVID within the year, and even the majority of those who have. Thank you for all you do. I'm sorry some people give you any kind of grief. So thank you, Clint. A COVID prediction, COVID-related. It's interesting. I think a lot of people at this point, just from what I can see, uh, a lot of people seem to be under the impression that COVID isn't going to be going away uh, this year, or maybe it will be relegated into the background, but it's not necessarily going to just disappear as some initially thought. Let's see if this trend continues as we make our way into some more predictions. Aaron writes in, I think we'll see greater diversity in terms of government approaches to COVID, where we saw most Western governments use lockdowns and restrictions in 2020 and 2021. I think we'll see some nations continue with this approach, but others opt for a more hands-off approach relying more on hygiene and safety protocols. Optimistically, I also think we will see less divisiveness as people finally realize they have more problems in common that can be solved together than they do differences. There's an element of wishful thinking on this one, but I do feel more and more people are starting to reach out to people unlike themselves. Wishing you good health from Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, even if it's wishful thinking, I I think that's certainly a prediction that I can get behind, and I can kind of say, well, I hope anyway. I most certainly hope, because, yeah, things are just far gone these days. I mean, how how else can you say it? Uh, It would be nice if something changed, and uh, we did just that. I don't see how, but I would like that too, very much so. So thank you for writing in. We hear from JD in San San Fernando Valley, uh, who asks, how has the start of your new year been first? Uh, Very good, very good, JD. Thank you for asking. Um, What's mostly been good about it is that the YouTube channel, My Livelihood, has uh, had a very strong start to 2022. As a matter of fact, it's starting off stronger this year and performing better than it has for the entirety of 2021. So, obviously I have no crystal ball, but it's encouraging, to say the least, uh, to see it really just right out of the gate, um, 
performing really good. And it's nice to see. Uh, it gives me a little bit of hope, at least in terms of this livelihood of mine, that uh, by some miracle this channel is going to scrape its way through another year and it's going to survive. Um, I'm optimistic about that. So thank you uh, for asking. Now into your prediction. In, now in terms of this country, I don't know if I say the wrong name. Um, I remember a few years ago when this was in the news, people said it differently. Uh, the Middle Eastern nation of Qatar. I just, I will always pronounce it as Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R. But I've seen people say Qatar. And that just seems ghastly wrong to me. You know, Q-A-T-A-R, I, I just think of it as Qatar, but Qatar, that's how some people say it. I've heard people say that, Qatar. Is it just in that same type of voice? I don't know. Don't know who's in the right or who's in the wrong, or if you could call it what you want. But um, if that's the correct name, I mean, I won't dispute that, but it just feels wrong. That's all that I could say. Anyway, you're right. The 2022 Qatar World Cup will take place toward the end of the year. Roughly for the past decade, migrant workers have risked their lives in inhuman conditions, constructing the events, facilities, and stadiums. The mistreatment of Qatar's workforce and violation of human rights will continue to fuel protests in the upcoming months. However, I don't think it's going to be enough, and unfortunately it appears to be too late. The World Cup generates too much revenue for it to be boycotted by enough nations participating in the event to create an abrupt stop to this. As it approaches closer and closer, I feel the controversies around the event will be overlooked by football fans across the world, but I'm hoping to be proved wrong on this one. Wishing you the best, JD San Fernando Valley. So thank you, JD. If I had to guess, I bet you're right. I would imagine that, sadly, a lot of people, mind you, use the sports and the sporting events as a distraction. Um, I would go as far as to say a means of pacification, even. Sometimes I wonder if the powers that be kind of know that sports is a way that it could distract people. And uh, they, they kind of try to get people thinking more about that than all the problems going on right now, but I don't know. Either way, it's certainly a means of uh, distraction one way or another, be that willingly or otherwise, uh, people try to get their mind off of what's going on in the world by looking at and watching sports, etc. And, uh, yeah, considering that attitude, I don't see why suddenly people who are using this as a distraction are going to drop everything and care overwhelmingly about, yeah, the literal slave labor used to uh, make such facilities. So I just don't see that. And uh, obviously in a lot of these, uh, the Gulf states, you know, I sometimes think, when I think of slave labor, you know, I, I can't help but think of the United Arab Emirates and uh, Dubai. I don't know if that's even a big destination anymore. For I guess for some it is. And... Uh, I kind of, you know, pessimistically laugh when I think of Dubai because you couldn't have a better dichotomy if you tried, right? Because you think of it this way, you have all of the, in my opinion, 
you know, you have wealth and you have opulence, but there's the different levels of it. I, I think that it gets to a point where you just have some very gaudy-looking stuff. I would consider, with all due respect, you know, those sorts of Middle Eastern cities, and the way a lot of it seems anyway, to be very much gaudy. But you have this very, you know, gaudy and showy type of uh, wealth and display thereof, yet it's built on, I mean, literal slave labor. Couldn't get any more of a... (laughs) I don't know. I think you know what I mean, though. Yeah, we will see. I don't expect very, very um, much calling out to occur. Prediction next comes in from the Panda 6400. Hey, Review Bra, hope you're having a nice day, night, or afternoon. I'd like to write in with a prediction for 2022, so let's get right into it. First off, I predict there will be more variants of COVID found. However, I couldn't say if the variants will be worse or better. Secondly, I predict there will be more fast food celebrity meals. Sorry if the predictions were short, and I wish the predictions podcast goes as planned. I wish you the best, the Panda 6400. Yeah, the predictions podcast, it's going great. We've got so many predictions. This uh, This is exactly what I hoped for it to be, and I'm very happy with the, uh, the response that came in, so I know I'll say this again, but a huge thank you to all of you listening in and who write in, um, because you, you're making this show such a success in terms of the predictions, so thank you. A big a big pat on the back and a, a round of applause I offer to you, the listeners, the audience. More celebrity fast food meals. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I certainly could. You know, I think that the celebrity fast food meals are stupid. Um, I'll just upgrade my rhetoric, because why not? These companies don't scare me anymore, so I'll be as harsh as I want to be. Um, I used to just say I think they're silly or something, but I'll be a little more direct in my verbiage. And uh, they are what they are, but... Look, I, I can't really complain, because if there are more celebrity meals... At least I know it'll be a video that will perform all right. And like I said, with this being my livelihood, that's always a good thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, If I had to compound on your prediction, I bet um, the next celebrity meal will be from some either rapper or or pop star that I've never heard of before, and then I'm going to have to read the Wikipedia page for a couple minutes and then pretend on camera like I know exactly who this person is. <laughs> you know, rail off one of their songs that's a big hit or something and act like, yeah, I know who this person is. Look at me. I'm, I'm so in touch with things today, right? <laughs> you know why I laugh so hard at that, right? Because there's the truth coming out as to some of the previous... fast food celebrity meals that I've done. So thank you for writing in. Alright, this next listener writes in with a number of predictions uh, sorted by region of the world. No name was given. 2022. A bad year for China. Economic hardship as a result of Western powers becoming more united food shortages in China, and rampant expansion of the fake food as a result. The government will crack down on it, but not effectively. 
less governments will tolerate their behavior as American re- reorientations reorients their focus on them. A bittersweet year for Russia, more good than bad, they'll win the geopolitical game against Ukraine. Russia engages in proxy wars more on the home front, an uptick in violence in Africa. Their proxies do well, and things go well from there. In Europe, increase in civil unrest and any election will tend to swing to the right. Afghanistan will get a rough year of civil war infighting. There will be a general economic uptick. Things will be bad, but not as bad. Americans become more sane as everything swings politically to the right, but still infighting. Probably they'll release some war movies to uh, prepare for potential war as a psyop. And Ghislaine Maxwell doesn't make it through a year in prison. Strange illness causes death. I also believe Haiti will get hit by a hurricane. So just some general predictions there. Thank you for sharing them. This is a uh, short one coming in from Joshua saying, COVID will continue. Republicans will destroy Democrats in the midterm elections. New Batman will be horrible. And the Mandalorian will not be as good as season one and two. So a current event prediction, a political prediction, two entertainment predictions there from Joshua. Thanks for checking in. Into some more predictions we go. Let's see what we've got. We hear from Robson in Southampton, England, saying, my main prediction for 2020 is space tourism. I believe the year 2022 will be the year that space tourism starts to gain real liftoff. (laughs) I like that. After commercial projects, Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic both succeeded with their maiden suborbital flights. Both of these companies hope to pick up the pace with regular, predictable, and reliable flights in 2022, told by Tom Shelley of Space Adventures, a space tour operator based in Virginia. Around 700 people have already bought tickets to ride into suborbital space with Virgin Galactic, with the company hoping to boost that number to 1,000 by the time it begins commercial operations in late 2022. But getting commercial customers into space is hardly plain sailing, and Virgin Galactic has postponed its first commercial flight as the company conducts repairs and upgrades to its next test flight. Commercial flights had been due to begin in the third quarter of 2022, but are now expected to go ahead in the fourth quarter instead. This will be a long process, of course, that will come much later in the year, but I predict it will happen for sure in the year 2022. So thank you, Robson, for checking in. An interesting prediction there about space tourism. Yeah, Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. We will see what happens. Now, here's what I wonder, because I I have without a doubt that certainly um, 
barring economic and monetary constraints on the part of those who can participate, uh, there's certainly that interest and demand that people, if they can afford to try to, you know, sometimes I hesitate to actually say go to space, but, you know, it's suborbital space. It's a very high altitude either way. People that want to have that sort of experience, um, I know there's the demand. I can't help but wonder, though, I don't know why I think of this. I know it's two separate things. But let's say in the unfortunate event that there is an accident. Uh, Let's say that they're doing a flight and it sadly blows up and everyone dies. Will this have a negative effect on either of these companies, whichever one it might be, and space tourism in general, like uh, how, you know, remember the Concorde back in the early 2000s, there was that plane crash with with them, and uh, that was the beginning of the end after that. Would that have the same sort of effect? Would that just be too much of a, a, a turnoff for people? if something bad like that happens. I'm not saying that it will. I hope it doesn't, but I think that's something that needs to be taken into account. I just wonder, will that have an adverse effect, if any? And I have no clue. All right, what else do we have? We've got Ian in Austin, Texas, that I've been a long-time listener. I've been following both the YouTube and the radio slash podcast programs since at least 2017. And I appreciate the professionalism and candor in the way you approach topics. All right, predictions for 2022. Although it's very difficult to foresee the end of our current situation regarding COVID, I believe that 2022 will mark a continued transition to the normalization of COVID in everyday life. As a result... I believe by the summer we will see most aspects of our lives returning to a state similar to that of pre-COVID. This is not to say that we will have fully beaten COVID, but it will mean that most people will either be vaccinated or have antibodies and will go about their lives in a somewhat normal fashion. On another note, I predict that inflation will be curtailed as the Fed increases interest rates and adopts more austere perspective. Finally, I predict we will begin to see a shift in political rhetoric. The current populist sentiments, echoed by members of both major U.S. parties, have begun to come across as stale, and I think we will see a continued shift back to the center for many Americans involved in politics. Thanks for everything. Keep up the good work. Your radio shows continue to be a breath of fresh air. So thank you, Ian, for checking in. Interesting uh, inflation-related prediction, by the way. We'll see what the Fed does. All right, going down. Here we go. We hear from Mike in Phoenix, Arizona. And this one was just interesting... Some people might say, why are you including this in the predictions show? I mean, number one, it's my show. I could include anything that I want to. I mean, I could theoretically right now talk for 20 minutes about toast, 
and uh, nothing's stopping me from doing that. Uh, but this does pertain to predictions, but I actually thought this is a cool um, prediction nonetheless. Uh, this was from Mike in Phoenix, Arizona, and he replied, because he sent in an email all the way back on January 5th, 2021. And I actually remember this email. I remember sitting there at the table in New York um, reading that exact email with the microphone, and he re- he replied to his email and decided to comment on his own predictions and what uh, where they stood a year later. So I thought that's actually really cool that he did that. I want to read it just for the heck of it, because why not? Um... He said, I don't know if you're going to do a predictions show this year, but I wanted to follow up on this email just to see how right or wrong I was. So uh, he also said, I'm thrilled the podcast is back. All right, so my predictions from last year and then my comments on them. And again, I thought this was cool. So prediction one, he said, this was for 2021, mind you. COVID will continue to spread and wreak havoc through the late spring. I think by early summer, we will start to see less and less cases from the vaccinations, but it will still be prevalent. I think that we will continue with masks through July, August, and at that point, cases will be low enough to warrant no masks. And I expect by October, life will be 75% normal compared to 2019. I do think that another strain or wave or what have you will flare up in the winter, similar to the flu, and uh, it will lead to localized uh, mandates or lockdowns. So, the result. Well, I was correct for the first half of the year. July-August rates were low enough not to be wearing masks anywhere, but then the Delta variant had other plans. Over the summer, I really thought we were going to be done with this, and uh, now here we are, where we were a year ago, granted hopefully less deaths, I agree with your sentiments on the latest podcast. I don't really see any way out of this and think it will be endemic and our lives will be fraught with variants and new waves for years to come. Really not fun to think about. I'm normally an optimist, but uh, I don't know if we could climb out of this hole. Prediction two. The Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl again and University of Kansas Jayhawks will win the NCAA tournament. Result, the Chiefs did play in the Super Bowl, however they lost. KU did not win the NCAA title. Question, or prediction three. The stock market and the economy will continue to grow and reach new highs, however, wage stagnation will remain and more Americans will live in poverty than ever before thanks to the largest wealth gap ever seen. The result, I think this is correct, the stock market is much higher than it was a year ago, but with inflation and other factors, the wealth gap is quite large. I would call this prediction correct, unfortunately. Yeah, I would agree. Prediction four. In the second half of the year, airlines will see a steep increase in demand as people travel even more than they did in 2019 to make up for lost time with friends and families. Result? I think this was correct. Even though the variants are spreading fast, people are emotionally and mentally over COVID and are traveling near 2019 rates. 
and prediction five. I agree there will be no civil war or large spread violence in the U.S., however, the people's polarization will continue to grow. The result, unfortunately this is correct, the U.S. continues to be in a tailspin of polarity and lack of ability to listen. So it looks like I was about 70% right. I don't want to make predictions for 2022 as I'm feeling rather pessimistic about everything and don't want to dwell on that. Love the show, Mike from Phoenix. So I just thought that was cool, kind of reflecting on some predictions from last year, and I I thought that was neat anyway, because I remembered that email specifically. That's why it really um, got me, and I thought, yeah, you know, I remember where I was when I read that one, actually. I don't know why I... But I do, I just remember that. I guess it's because a year ago doesn't feel like a year ago, feels like a week ago. So that's why I remember it. All right, next we hear from Grady in West Virginia. Multiple predictions for 2022 in different sections below. For COVID-19. COVID-19 will get weaker and weaker as more variants come about. Just like influenza, it will fizzle out after the pandemic. I also believe that the world overreacted about COVID-19, and if we would had not overreacted and just did everything normally, like when the flu rolls in every August, we wouldn't have seen this many deaths. I also believe if one virus pandemic can basically ruin a few years and make everyone at controlled inconvenience, this is not good. A few celebrity deaths, morbid it may be, it's something people predict, and uh, one of them was right already. Uh, You said uh, Betty White will die before her 100th birthday, sadly that did did, um, come to fruition, Uh, but you also predicted the passing of Mark Zuckerberg, Chuck Norris, and Bob Newhart. And then a prediction for my channel. You said it will surpass 3 million subscribers. Well, we'll see. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm fine either way, but thank you. Uh, Thank you for your kind words there. Some predictions from Grady, West Virginia. Thanks for writing in. We hear next from Mike in England. My first email for a while. I've been listening in to the show, as per usual. Wanted to mention briefly something before I talk about my predictions for 2022. Uh, All legitimate fans of you and your content will understand and respect your decisions, uh, even if they don't agree with them. I enjoy the average day videos, but I care in equal parts about your well-being, so if you have to stop making them, I understand. To interject, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your understanding. Into the prediction. My prediction for 2022 is that nothing will change. I agree that COVID is here to stay. New variants will pop up intermittently, but I believe the worst of it is over. Secondary, I think the gap between the working class and the upper slash middle class will only increase which is illustrated by how much people like Jeff Bezos have profited from the pandemic. Hope most of all that you and your listeners have a great year. Keep up the great work. So thanks, Mike, in England. 
COVID prediction as well as a, uh, I guess you could say a socioeconomic prediction. We've got Lewis checking in. I was glad to hear you back at the mic and seemingly enjoying yourself. Hopefully this break late last year has been rejuvenating. I hope you continue to practice good self-care. Wanted to jump in with a couple predictions for 2022. I think American politics will grind to a standstill, with Republicans taking the House and Senate. Progressives will have a long battle ahead of them to bring their agenda to the forefront. Electric vehicles will become more prominent in the U.S. market, resulting in a heavy metal boom. Folks should jump in on this bull market early. I was also curious about your thoughts about the political upheaval in Kazakhstan. Have you been hearing anything on the shortwave of interest about this situation? Sorry for the long message. Hope you continue to do well from Lewis. So thank you, Lewis. Yeah, the situation in Kazakhstan, it's its all but stabilized at this point. But um, as it was ongoing, I was covering it uh, on the shortwave and uh, was giving updates and, and coverage thereon. The, uh, well, here's my thoughts on the situation in, Ka- in Kazakhstan. Number one, so officially, people in Kazakhstan were frustrated with the situation there for a while. They were frustrated with the government, uh, as well as the economic situation. And essentially, it was described as just a change an economic change that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And this was the cumulative uh, frustration of society kind of biting back at the government. And I believe you had these... I'm pretty sure, I'm just going off of memory here, but I think it was these price hikes in oil, I believe it was. It was oil or gas, I think. And that just sent people over the edge. So people took to the streets around the country, and that resulted in widespread protest, which culminated in the government of Kazakhstan having to call in military forces from its neighboring allies to calm the situation down. And now things are kind of back to normal there. The status quo, that is. Now, that's the official narrative. There's a lot of things with the situation in Kazakhstan that I disagree with. And um, I was disappointed, very disappointed in how it was described. Number one, I don't like that it was called a protest. I really extremely uh, disagree with that. Um, Let me still look. It's been a few days now. If I look this up, what do they still call it? The 2022 Kazakh protests. I really disagree with I think that's a horrible description. I strongly oppose it. Should be ashamed of themselves for calling such a thing a, quote, protest, unquote. Um, I hate that people these days try to describe anything from a violent riot to what was almost the start of a civil war or a government uh, overthrow as a protest. If you describe something as a protest, 
well, these days, the hell does it matter anymore, right? People think when they think of protests, they think the lines got so blurred these days that I guess rioting is the same thing. But I refuse to see it that way. Old school, I may be there. I think protesting is something that can be done with dignity and um, without the need for violence or destruction. And uh, so to call what happened in Kazakhstan a protest is uh, very disingenuous, in my opinion, because it sure as heck wasn't. Um, when you say protest, you'd think, oh, also all the workers went on strike and people were, thousands of people were out in the streets with signs and stuff. No, it wasn't like that. Um, you had, number one, the cities being trashed with uh, looting everywhere. You had the total destruction of government buildings. They burned them down. The whole, these huge buildings set the things on fire. They uh, raided armories. Many of the uh, the people on the streets were heavily armed, uh, some of which had military-grade, fully automatic weapons, uh, mortars, you name it. Out in the rural areas, you had these scenes of... Uh, that looked like something out of a movie. There were these military convoys, and people were chasing them with their, their trucks and SUVs and stuff. And uh, one of the military convoys actually got captured, and uh, the soldiers were taken prisoner. Uh, you had gun battles going on perpetually in the major cities between um, the people essentially doing an uprising and government forces with multiple confirmed casualties on both sides, people getting shot. So, it was no protest. It was, I would say, an attempted government overthrow. Now, people are going to say, oh, look at you taking the side of the Kazakh government. I never said I supported what the Kazakh government um, does or did. But calling it a protest, I think, downplays the situation and the reactions on all sides. I think what happened was, it happened so quickly, the situation was so severe, so violent, and so widespread, that the Kazakh government got absolutely petrified, and they desperately called on all their allies that they pretty much said, look, we need, um, we need help badly. We need help, and we need help right now. I think if they didn't call on, you know, the regional union, the uh, Collective Security Treaty Organization for Assistance, uh, the Kazakh government would have been overthrown. I don't think that there was any sort of unified leader between the people who were doing the uprising, um, but people would squabble over that later, and the country would probably fall apart. And there'd be no organization, so you'd just have these different factions grasping for power, because uh, you'd have that vacuum. But regardless of that, I think people would be taking out their rage and anger on the government, and uh, they would definitely have disposed of them uh, if there wasn't that outside intervention. So things spiraled out of control really, really fast in Kazakhstan. The situation got really bad really fast. And uh, the information was scarce for a while because the Kazakh government, again, they got scared. They shut everything down. They shut the internet down on 100% of the country 
for days and days. And um, now the internet's back up, but who knows how bad the situation really got at some points. And um, they called on, you know, on their boys at the, uh, again, the Collective Security Treaty Organization. So they got Russia, Armenia, Belarus, Kyrgyzstan, and Tajikistan to deploy troops inside. And uh, indeed, the, uh, the reinforcements did come in, several thousand troops. And from that point, uh, the Kazakh government was eventually able to restore order across the country. So that's where it stood, and um, there were certainly some changes, but I'm not sure if it was necessarily what some of the people in Kazakhstan uh, were hoping for. All right, we hear from Carlos S. in California, who says, I haven't composed an email since before your hiatus. With that said, welcome back. We have missed this. I love the show and the episodes you've put out thus far. Quickly, I just wanted to make a comment stating that I was so excited that you decided to cancel the YouTube version of this show. I literally cheered. Great decision, sir. Thank you, Carlos, to interject. Yeah, it was really uh, a good call for this program, and uh, it was the right thing to do. Anyway, on to the predictions. Prediction one. I predict that this year will be a life-or-death kind of year with the virus. I can't even fathom what it will mutate to next, but whatever it is, it won't be pretty. Prediction two. Humans will still be uncooperative, and maybe the U.S. relations with other countries will be a bit more shaky. Prediction three. Global warming will get worse due to cryptocurrency mining and NFTs, as well as the supply issues and continued wealth inequality. It will cause major problems in our society. And prediction four, technology like virtual reality will become even more mainstream and sought after as an escape from this reality as 12.5 million VR headsets have been sold last year alone. Those are my predictions this year, and I really hope I'm wrong, except for prediction four. I hope that becomes a reality. Thank you and keep being awesome. Carlos S. in California checking in. Uh, Let's see what we have. (laughs) This is a short one. Brendan writes in, A prediction for the year 2022. Terror from the sky and hope. So there is the prediction from Brendan checking in. Uh, Let's see what other predictions we have. All right, this one comes in from Rubens, who writes in, First of all, Happy New Year. My best wishes for you in 2022. Nice to know you're feeling a bit better. Okay, end of introduction. Let's talk about business. You asked me for predictions for 2022, right? I, just like everyone else, love to talk about things that are uncertain. It's an opportunity to practice my English writing skills a bit too. All right, so here goes. 
So globally, the governments will endure restrictions and make our lives worse in 2022. Pharmaceutical companies will create new variants of COVID every couple months, and booster shots will make investors happier than 2021. The socialist media paid with pharmaceutical profits will talk about the vaccines 24-7, but no one watches TV anyway. There's a little thing that they call inflation, and the civilization is hearing about it just now. Here in my country, Brazil, it's been the status quo since 1950. This thing's a collateral effect of governments printing money. You hear a lot about it in 2022. In practical terms, everything will be expensive now. They begin raising 0.1% of prices, and in the end, the price of the Big Mac will be competing with gold. Speaking about gold, they'll talk a lot about Bitcoin. They still do, but in 2022 it'll be even worse because inflation is bad for the stock market since the interest rate is rising, and you don't have many options now. You can buy bonds from the government, buy Bitcoin, or do nothing because inflation has eaten your money anyway. In my view, 2022 will be 2020 boosted, since talking about the booster is hype now. Nothing really new, no wars, some deaths of people we don't really care about, companies pushing their agenda even harder, And we the people laughing at memes all day long. God bless the memes. You know, Review Bra, I'm a man of faith, despite the fact of powerful people trying to mess with our money, health, and all, I believe that we will win in the end. Not only at the end of times, but at the end of the year 2022, life will be better than now. That's it. Thanks for your time. Keep up the great work. I love the reviews and the radio show. Hope for more of the same in 2022 from Rubens. So thank you for your prediction. Yeah, inflation. You know, whether people agree or disagree with the politics, uh, it's undeniable that inflation is uh, a serious problem. And I've seen it, you know, I've witnessed it. Uh, I'm sure you have too. It's undeniable, and I I expect, as I said earlier in the broadcast, inflation to only get worse uh, this year, uh, as will most other things. (laughs) My predictions, uh, likewise, are not optimistic. Uh, I would actually wager that your prediction is more optimistic than mine, uh, since you said that you hope 2022 ends on a better note. We will see. All right. We've got... Anthony checking in with five predictions. Prediction one. The prices of red meat will go up by at least 50% in many countries of the world. Prediction two. The U.S. government will declassify some documents regarding significant UFO sightings, but the content of said documents will be a letdown for those who are expecting a sensation to interject, yeah, I, if they do that, I could see it. I could see that happening. Highly redacted stuff, nothing new, etc. Prediction three: We will see job openings for services in virtual reality. For example, entertaining guests on a server, moderating meeting rooms, 
even jobs with some impact on real life, like a virtual lawyer. You also predict that in the United States and countries of Western Europe, owning a driving permit will become exceedingly rare among people within the first year of turning old enough to get one. And prediction five, a major fast food restaurant chain will introduce their first product made with insects. I wonder if that would be endorsed by the World Economic Forum or not. But all joking aside, um, you know, with, all right, let's say McDonald's made the, uh, you know, the McBug burger. <laughs> would I eat it? I don't know. I really would not want to do a review of it. I mean, it would get views, I'm sure, but I just don't know. I, I really don't want to eat insects. Intentionally granted, I'm just not, you know, I'm not one to really do that. Of course, if I eat one by accident or something, what the heck am I going to do about it? But if there was an insect burger from McDonald's, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I really want to actively try to even promote or uh, review. It just kind of grosses me out. Yeah, we'll see. I bet one day there will be insect uh, food that they'll be selling. I could believe that completely. Will that be for 2022? Well, time will tell. But I could see I could see a place doing that one day. Bet it'll be Burger King, because there's probably enough insects in there already that they don't really have to go all that far. I just kind of say that because the Burger King near me looks so run down, how can the place not be infested with insects at this point? <laughs> you know, you're probably already getting a healthy serving thereof if I get a Whopper from there, so... What what difference is it going to make? I've probably already reviewed an insect burger at this point. I'm, I'm being harsh. I shouldn't be, but, you know, I'm at that point where, uh, what does it matter anymore? All right, we hear from Mickey in McKinney, Texas. Hello, VORW. I think in 2022 we will have a new variant of COVID-19 that instead of making people unable to smell it will make them unable to hear. The ears are connected to the sinuses, so it could happen, and it will inevitably lead to the collapse of the music industry, who will become increasingly more drama-based so as to try and stay relevant, but instead it will only expedite the process. Anime and foreign films will become bigger than ever as more people are inclined to read what they watch. That's my silly prediction. Hopefully it doesn't become true. Hope you and all the listeners have a wonderful year. So thank you, Mickey in McKinney, Texas. Wow, you know, could you imagine that? If there was a variant that came out and you had hearing loss, I would hate that. I would be even more miserable if that were the case because so many of the things that I enjoy in life at this point are reliant upon my ears, especially, of course, music listening. Um, but also, you know, I am a radio person, and uh, I really enjoy listening to radio broadcasts all the time. If I lost my hearing, boy, that would not be a happy time. It certainly wouldn't be. And uh, I would be very despondent, I bet. Let's hope that doesn't happen, for the sake of everyone. Now, on a lighter note, we hear from Chris who said it's been a while, 
since I've been able to listen to the podcast and radio show since I started college and it's been busy. So I'm a bit late on the predictions, but hoping that this year will go more smoothly than the previous two years. I'm predicting and hoping that the pandemic ends soon and everything goes back to normal. Don't have any other predictions because I don't want to put too much hope and end up being wildly disappointed. Anyway, hope you're doing well and such. Thanks for the shows from Chris. So thank you, Chris. A good prediction there. Let's hope that comes true as well. No more COVID. May it be gone. I like the predictions so far. I like that there's a good mixture of uh, predictions, that you have some pessimism, you have some optimism, a bit of everything, and I I like that. I think it'll be very interesting in 2023. uh, You could look back at this show, and we'll see which ones um, were the most accurate, because obviously we have a split in the predictions pointing to two wildly different years. Let's see what happens. Is it going to distinctly go down one path or the other, or is it going to kind of shoot down the middle and get somewhere in between? Let's see. Brady is checking in. I'm not sure how 2022 is going to play out, but I think the second half of 2022 will be better than the first half. I think July to August is when things will start to get better in terms of everything going on in the world, but I won't get my hope up. All right, thank you, Brady. So uh, it's going to start off a little iffy, but take a turn for the better a bit over halfway through. Let's see what happens July to August. Keep your eyes on that. Sean in Wisconsin. My predictions for the next one or two years is that crap like cryptocurrency and NFTs will become a talking point in the next election season in the US. I don't even think it'll be an exclusively Democrat or Republican sided issue, There's probably going to be tons of candidates on both sides releasing tone-deaf NFTs to support their campaigns with Bitcoin and Ethereum donation links. Going a step further, my we-live-in-hell reality prediction is that we're going to see Congress actually try to bail out a cryptocurrency after a crash. (laughs) Oh boy, I really hope I'm wrong with all of this. But seeing how quickly the gaming industry switched over to crypto and NFTs, despite their consumer base being vehemently against it, makes me think other industries and political organizations will follow suit no matter how greedy and unpopular it seems, as long as there's ill-gotten fortunes to be made. Sorry for the bitter reply. I used to be a more upbeat person before 2020 happened, I swear. Good luck in the next year, and I wish you another 365 days of health and happiness. Peace. So, Sean in Wisconsin, checking in. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, some things, it's just, we could oppose it as much as we want, but what do they care? They'll do it anyway. So, say, so be it. Go do something about it. Of course, no one is, and that'll be that. Yeah, we will see. We hear next from Nikitos in Moscow, Russia. Prediction one. One thing that I'm sure of is the rapid development and growth in the so-called metaverse, which is a next step of the social networking internet, 
featuring virtual reality and all kinds of e-commerce. If 2022 will feature yet another lockdown, such a type of entertainment and means of communication will surely have its users. Prediction 2. Global banking systems might adopt many of the cryptocurrency technologies this year. This does not necessarily mean that you will have to pay for a Papa John's pizza with Bitcoin, but the way everyone's money is transferred from one account to another will become similar to that of crypto money. Many of the national currencies may transform to cryptocurrencies, but will still be issued and managed by the banks. This is funny in a way because cryptocurrencies were initially created to be a decentralized, which essentially means not controlled by the bank. And prediction three. Some major discoveries in the field of astronomy and astrophysics might happen in 2022. I've always been a fan of space science, and just about two weeks ago, the James Webb Telescope was launched into space. It's the most advanced space telescope for now, and it will allow scientists to see further into the universe, allowing us to uncover things previously unknown to mankind. So thank you, Nikitos in Moscow, Russia. Good predictions there. I'm excited about the telescope as well. Of course, it'll take a while to fully be set up and everything, but once they get it into good working order, I think it will be fun to to see what it sees, right? I've always liked astronomy too. I'm no uh, no expert on the matter. It's my understanding is probably about as remedial as it gets in terms of the technicalities. It's more or less like you know, look at that. It's that's cool looking, or it's you know, I understand the basic science, but I'm no means an expert, and. Uh, I still find it interesting, though. It'll be fascinating to, to see how, how it is. Vince in Michigan is checking in. Been watching your reviews since 2015, and I figured I'd listen to the podcast. Was sorry to hear that people have been sending you negative emails, so I downloaded the TuneIn app and listened to the podcast there. It's interesting hearing your view on things, and you seem like an interesting person. As for my 2022 predictions, this is more of a hope than a prediction, but I'm hoping that the COVID regulations and precautions start to ease up. As of this email, the CDC said they might lower the amount of self-quarantine days from 10 to, to, <laughs> from 10 to 15, from 10 to 5, so that's a good sign. Also, I have a question. Have you ever smoked or consumed marijuana or cannabis? And if not, do you think you'll try it? Uh, my answer there is no. I have not ever tried it. And I haven't any intention to. It's just not for me. That's all that I could really answer that with. It's, you know, it's just not, it's just not my thing. Uh, interesting predictions. We will see what happens in terms of the COVID. Uh, obviously, uh, it all depends, you know, with the Omicron. Everyone pretty much is going to get it, I think. And, uh, what comes next? Time will tell. Paul in Cincinnati, Ohio. Four predictions. Prediction one. 
Russia will invade Ukraine, fueling the beginning of an Eastern European conflict. With already 100,000-plus troops mobilized near the border, it'll be really interesting to see the response from the U.S. and allies. Prediction 2. The 2022 U.S. election will be a very large victory for Republican candidates. Republicans will take back the House and the Senate. Prediction 3. COVID restrictions will continue to lessen, especially in the months leading up to the election. If you're asking for specifics, I believe masks will no longer be required at the federal level by the end of the year, meaning no masks on airplanes. And prediction four, on a lighter note, Dogecoin will go to one dollar, thus propelling it to the moon, as they say. Love the show and keep it up from Paul in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you, Paul. As for prediction one, I, I just can't... I'll say it right now in case it happens. I, I, if the U.S. tries to get itself dragged into a conflict there, I cannot support it under any, any condition. I can't. If uh, Russia does decide to invade Ukraine, and the U.S. decides, all right, we're going to war now with Russia for this, I, can't, I cannot support that conflict. For those of you who don't know. I'm relatively non-interventionist. I'm one of those people that says, I think, just we need to figure out our own problems over here than trying to uh, get into other people's business. Obviously, that's not to say that we should withdraw from everything, but I'm not one of those war hawks that sits there saying, well, we need to be going into North Korea, we need to be going into Venezuela, we need to be attacking Russia, this, that, and the other thing. It's just, if they try to make something out of that, it's a conflict that I will never support. And it would probably be the worst possible thing that could happen in the next year, if uh, that's what the powers that be decide to do. Only thing worse would be an armed conflict with China, but Russia would be pretty, pretty freaking bad, to tell you the truth. Let's read our next prediction. We have... Alex, who writes in, If it's not too late, here's my predictions. Overall, 2022 will be an uneventful year, relatively speaking. Sure, there will be ups and downs, but our consensus in December will be that it wasn't all that memorable. With that said, there will be some announcements in the tech world, with some impressive new graphics and games coming out on PC and consoles, However, in the virtual reality arena, improvements will be underwhelming despite big talk about the metaverse. Social media will continue to become more strict, and we will lose additional websites that were popular in the 2010s following the demise of sites like LiveLeak and BestGore in years prior. In other words, the internet will be closing a chapter and ultimately ending the Wild West era. Electric cars will continue to be marketed constantly, despite being out of almost everyone's price range, and the stock prices of companies that claim to be disruptive will gradually climb, but later fill with a bit too much metaphorical air and finally pop, or at least deflate a bit. Everything will become more expensive, 
home prices will be completely unaffordable and rising rent prices will show no signs of slowing down as a result. Ultimately, the first world countries will continue to stay generally peaceful. No civil or world wars, but people will continue to be very unhappy in general. I think the best way to maximize happiness and stability in the 2020s will be embracing technology, but with plenty of skepticism. Cultivate your own food, acquire and hold onto gold and silver, don't rely on the grid, and don't let social media control you, but don't ignore it either. And if you ask me, it never hurts to stockpile a little ammunition, just in case, of course. Happy 2022. I know you're taking a pessimistic approach, which is understandable, but I think the year will treat us well from Alex. So thank you, Alex, for checking in. A number of predictions there in terms of 2022, as well as some advice. All right, thanks for writing in. We hear from... No name was given here, I'll just say an anonymous listener. This is a prediction in terms of YouTube. I have a feeling YouTube is going to continue to go down the path it has been going for a while, and continue to alienate its smaller creators, and make decisions that will drive people away from the platform. They've been making radical changes that have upset the community for years, I have a feeling people will get fed up with these decisions from YouTube and will attempt to create a new video hosting website. So a YouTube prediction there from an anonymous listener. Yeah, some people certainly are fed up. Um, I think one big barrier, at least until this year, with just making your own video hosting site for long-form content are the costs involved. But will something happen? Will something change? People have been saying that for a while, but let's see. Some people are saying, well, it's going to come to pass at some point, though. Just wait. See what happens. All right, we've got Stephen, who says, Happy New Year. Glad to hear that you're feeling and doing better, and thanks for your return to releasing shows on a fairly regular basis. I appreciate it. Last year, I wrote to you for 2021 predictions show and had a fairly positive outlook on what I expected in the new year. I thought that COVID would be over and that we would be in a year of recovery. Sadly, I was horribly wrong. I think that this new year will be pretty much a repeat of 2021. COVID variants will continue to emerge and cause the case rates to swing up and down through the year, and political division will continue to increase. I feel like I've become numb to all of the craziness in the world. You have any similar feelings? Thank you so much for your shows and videos from Stephen. So thank you, Stephen, for checking in. Do I feel like I've become numb to it all? Um, to an extent. Uh, certainly... When it comes down to looking at the situations and all of that, like, do I expect things to get any better in the next year? No, I don't. And do I think... So I think 2022 is not going to be good. 2023, I don't have any hope for either. And, uh, you know, I just don't really see anything getting any better. That's the thing. 
So is that being numb in a way? Maybe it is when I just haven't any expectation at this point, and uh, I kind of just expect things to just get worse and uh, crazier. Yeah, I guess it is in a way. You know, sometimes you see things and I just kind of think, I figured as much, <laughs> you know, what did, what did I expect? So, I would say so. I would say that there's definitely that level of numbness, um, but I'm not necessarily desensitized to it all. It just doesn't surprise me, is what I'm trying to say. So thanks for checking in. We've got a prediction coming in from Cody. My 2022 prediction is that I will continue to be a listener of yours, and I believe the James Webb Telescope will discover something greatly unexpected. New features on gas giants, artificial lights in neighboring star systems. Whatever comes of it, this will be a new pinnacle for feats of human engineering and collaboration, which is something to celebrate in itself. Hope the new year is treating you well. Yeah, that telescope, that's one of the only good things about 2022, at least as I see it. Um, I hope that it it finds uh, some interesting stuff. This is a little article, it looks like it's, it's actually a long one. You could research it if you'd like, you could look it up. It's called The Medieval... The Forgotten Medieval Habit of Two Sleeps. And I thought it was interesting, I'll recommend it to anyone uh, listening in if you want to read an article about biphasic sleeping and uh, some of the history and precedent surrounding it. But uh, it says, For millennia, people slept in two shifts, once in the evening and once in the morning, but why and how did the habit disappear? So something worth checking out. I myself am a biphasic sleeper, mostly due to lack of energy at this point, not by choice. It's just how I am. But uh, an interesting article. I think it's worth uh, giving a read. I thought it was well done. Okay, we hear from Ashley in Australia. Currently sitting bored in quarantine and was delighted to hear or see the podcast back online. I hope dropping YouTube as a platform rekindles some joy in this medium. I can't tune into the radio shows from the south of Australia, so I always look forward to new episodes. Now, a few predictions for 2022. This is a safe one, but I think we're due for yet another year of COVID, keeping a stranglehold on day-to-day life. Prediction two, in geopolitics, I think we could expect to see Russia really increase its provocation toward Ukraine. Hopefully we don't see any major conflicts, but it is a space I'll be nervously watching. And prediction three, McDonald's will release its most uninspired celebrity meal yet. My guess is Ariana Grande. Do you have any predictions for celebrities they might consider? That's all from me. Hopefully this isn't sent too late. Hope 2022 is a good year for you. Regards, Ashley. So uh, thank you for writing in. The Ariana Grande meal, I mean... Yeah, that would be uninspired, but I think that would still get some attention because it's a name I think that everyone knows, and uh, people would still want to check it out. Uh, I I have a feeling if they decide to go ahead with more meals, they're going to go with a TikTok rapper. 
you might be saying, well, why aren't you giving a name? Because that's the whole point. I'm going to have no clue who it is. Most people aren't. And most of the fans of whoever they choose aren't going to have much of an interest in McDonald's. And it's going to be like the uh, Sweetie or Sweetie meal um, 2.0, where it's going to fall flat on its face. No one's going to be interested in it. And oh, I should also add that the uh, concept of the meal is going to be something ridiculous. It's going to be, let me guess, it's going to it's going to be a guy who's going to say, "My favorite meal is <laughs> a cheeseburger with extra onions," and I always like to pair it with a small fries. But when I get my small fries, I always get it, you know, then insert name, style. And what that is going to be is you're going to get a small fry, but it's actually just going to have half the amount of fries that a normal small fry has. But you're going to be paying full price for the whole thing. Actually, as a matter of fact, you're going to be paying extra. So it's going to be something like that, just a cheeseburger with some extra onions and a small French fry with half the amount that's usually in a small fries. And um, yeah, you're going to be paying even more for it. That's my prediction (laughs) in terms of any celebrity meals. (laughs) Philip in Ohio is checking in. Hope you're recovering well. A big prediction from 2022. I predict that you will be on Joe Rogan or go on The Bachelor. Make it happen, review John. Keep up the great work, Philip in Ohio. I'm sorry to uh, burst your bubble, but I, I don't think either of those things are going to happen. Thanks for checking in, though. Uh, boy, what a prediction. <laughs> What else do we have now? We've got Will from Massachusetts. My prediction for 2022 is that the Oculus Quest 2 VR system will be the electronic hit of the Christmas season. We bought our son's one for Christmas this year, and I am blown away by the technology. So much so, I have played with it every night since Christmas, after they've gone to bed. It's actually scary how immersive the experience is. I mean, with so many of the games and apps, you are literally transported to all sorts of worlds and realms. There are things like three 60-degree Everest documentaries that will blow your mind, and even watching YouTube on a virtual movie theater-sized screen is unreal. For two ninety-nine, it's an absolute bargain, I know Facebook bought Oculus because Mr. Zuckerberg is planning his metaverse, but please look past that and consider getting one. This device is the future, and it's so much fun. Will in Massachusetts. Checking in. Thank you, Will. A VR prediction. So thank you, Will. So this show I'm breaking up into little segments. Um... Not really sure if you'll be able to notice this, but where I'm recording this segment of predictions 
Uh, it's very windy outside, and I'm not sure if you'll be able to uh, actually hear any of the wind, but if you do, let me turn the microphone over to the window and let's see. I'm not sure. I think it's, if anything, it's a barely noticeable rustling. But the wind is really going outside, and, um, just one of those days. But anyway, wanted to get to a few more predictions. Well, for the sake of redundancy, let's get to some more. Alright, we hear from Alex, who writes in, The pandemic has proved it's here to stay, at least for something of around two. It will be touch and go for a while, but in the summer, a strange breakthrough will occur. Someone, somewhere, <laughs> will discover that there is a direct correlation between the wane in popularity of shortwave radio and the rise of COVID-19. Suddenly, the way out of this becomes crystal clear as shortwave experiences a major boom in popularity the likes has never been seen before. As a constant champion of the format, ReviewBra is heralded as a hero for educating and helping to usher in the medium. For saving us all from the pandemic, he's offered the position of President of the United States, but respectfully declines. <laughs> Taco Bell also brings back nacho fries, and they're better this time. <laughs> yeah. Alex, thank you for that one. That <laughs> That's funny. Imagine that, though. I just hope if that's the case, if shortwave radio um, experiences such a boom in popularity, people just remember 5850 kHz, 9pm Eastern, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening. That's where you will reliably hear my voice across North America. <laughs> yeah, that's too good. Hey, maybe they'll bring back those nacho fries and they'll actually be good. <laughs> that's funny. We've got Ryan in Southern California. Says, I've listened to this show for years, off and on. In the last few years, I've enjoyed the podcast and the radio show, and you inspired me to pick up a shortwave radio as well. I appreciate your objective and rational thinking about current events, and I wish more people were as thoughtful. Humans are panicky beasts, though, and my outlook is not terribly optimistic. I'm challenging myself to be at least outwardly positive, to set an example for my young son, who will be two in the first half of 2022. Been an interesting time to become a new parent, to say the least. On to the predictions. We have five of them here. Prediction one. COVID will become more endemic, and we will continue to see waves of new variants, with most being less severe, as the mutations become further from the early variants. Prediction 2. Toward the end of the year, the political landscape will worsen as we near the beginning of the full press presidential campaign cycle. The far-right rhetoric will become more vitriolic, with a growing threat that an outcome which is not favorable to conservatives will be met with violent coup attempts, and outright civil unrest. 2023 will be even worse in this regard. Prediction 3. Electric cars will see a hockey stick growth curve as mainstream car manufacturers release many more models, 
leading to huge adoption among more traditional car buyers. Prediction 4. There will be a major cyber attack, larger and more impactful than what we've seen before, likely taking out a significant large company, major public infrastructure, or federal government of a large country. Prediction 5. Another political prediction. Review Bra will announce his run for the presidency on a platform promising a fried chicken sandwich for every plate, funding for nationwide rollouts of robust shortwave transmitters, and mandatory life sentences for online trolling. <laughs> Thanks for reading of issue well in 2022 and beyond. You too, Ryan, in Southern California. <laughs> fried chicken, shortwave, and prison sentences. There's a, there's a, uh, a good campaign to run. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, uh, these ones always crack me up, I, I gotta say. What have we next? We've got Joe from Boston. A wide variety of predictions categorized. Foreign affairs. Prediction. Russia and Mr. Putin are going to do something that is going to piss off the rest of the world. Most likely, annex more of Ukraine, similar to the situation in Crimea years back. The entire Donbass region feels like it will be a flashpoint. Will be interesting to see how slash if the U.S. NATO responds. Prediction. North Korea will be on the world stage again. Not sure how or why, but Kim has been quiet since the pandemic started. Again, not sure how or what will happen, but it feels like it's been too long since they've caused a headline. Prediction, China will continue to be a problem. Domestic affairs. Prediction, chaos at the polls this midterm. Fake news, rigged polls, stolen elections. I think 2020 started off what could be an unfortunate series of elections where everything is questioned or second-guessed. Prediction. Everybody gets COVID. I recently had COVID with zero symptoms. I only tested and realized I was positive because I had a few known exposures to COVID-positive people over the holidays. COVID will continue to be a flashpoint in this country that is more divisive than anything else. Prediction. We are due for a market correction. Everything is up. The stock market, the real estate market, crypto, even freaking NFTs. Sure, there was a brief dip at the start of the pandemic, but then it's recovered and then some. House of Cards, it's going to come crashing back to reality in 2022. Random sports and pop culture predictions. Prediction. Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. Prediction. YouTuber Jake Paul gets knocked out in a boxing match. Canada wins the most of golds at the Winter Olympics. And Review Bra wins an Emmy nomination for Best Voiceover Work in a web short film titled My Summer Vacation 2 Return to the Poconos. <laughs> Joe from Boston. What a, what a year this is for me, it seems. According to these predictions, we've got presidential ambitions, we've got an end to COVID caused by a, a shortwave revival, and even an Emmy, Emmy nomination under my belt. Wow, 2022, it's, 
It's looking like it's going to be the year of the review bra. <laughs> Uh, I swear. <laughs> Fun predictions, though. Thanks for sharing them. We hear from Jeremy checking in. Hi, John. Happy to hear the most recent podcast. Happy you're on the mend. All right. Predictions for 2022. At first, my mind turned to pessimism, as it usually does. Ukraine, Taiwan, and the inevitable passing of some of my classic rock heroes... I think you and I have that in common, but I've been working on not dwelling on things that may or may not happen, and I have zero control over. Chez la vie. I think we have a great year for rock and roll music. Fender sold more guitars in 2020 than any other one-year period in its history, and other guitar companies had great years. I heard a guitarist once say, and I agree, that there is at least one new song in each guitar you choose. This along with the fact that every musician was home for a year or two recording in their home studio leads me to my prediction for 2020 is that we are due for a massive resurgence of a new artistic movement with a mixture of blues, R&B, folk, country, and rock played by humans on instruments with honest vocals sung or rapped, culminating in my favorite music, rock and roll. Best wishes for the new year from Jeremy. Well, thanks, Jeremy, a regular listener. Good to hear from you. And uh, that's encouraging news, you know, because I like my rock music. Uh, that's obviously my favorite genre. I'm all about that. That's, uh, that's great to see that the amount of electric guitars has uh, gone up. That's fantastic. It's uh, very encouraging news, actually. So thanks for sharing that with me. We hear from Penny in Canada, who writes, Predictions for 2022. Prediction 1. I see more mental health, anxiety and depression, and substance abuse issues that need to be addressed due to the pandemic. This is an issue I can relate to with my own anxiety and depression and feeling uncertain about the future. Sometimes too much overthinking can lead to a migraine or insomnia. Prediction 2. There seem to be more family and friendships that have been severed due to people's views about taking the vaccine or not, and I continue... I see more of this continuing for 2022. Yeah, to interject, I don't see how things are just going to get any better in that regard. I think it's just going to keep getting worse. Uh, prediction three. More people will quit their unfulfilling jobs and try to make their life better by doing what they enjoy doing. And prediction four. Your channel will reach three million or more subscribers. So thank you, Penny in Canada. I also appreciate your thoughts on, on the other podcasts that you included as well. And uh, you mentioned that you've been a fairly new subscriber since October 2021. You were actually introduced to the channel by the Little Caesars Crazy Calzone pizza review, that alien-looking thing. And it's great to have you as a listener and a viewer. So uh, thanks for checking in from Canada. A few predictions and some nice thoughts as well. I think we're going to get into a few final predictions now, and then that's going to be it for the program. Uh, we'll try to read maybe, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, maybe four or five more. And uh, then that'll be that for the program.
So, let us continue. Let's find our next 2022 prediction. We hear from Chuck, who says, COVID will get better, and by the summer, we will be a little bit closer to normal. There will be plenty of tension and more wars in Eastern Europe and China area. And Burger King will make a big swing in 2022. So thank you, Chuck. A short prediction there. Uh, Geopolitically, as well as uh, the Burger King world. We hear from a listener who goes by the name Micro, who says, I have two predictions for 2022. The first is that the COVID hysteria will not be as bad this year. Our knowledge of the virus, its deadliness, and ways to combat it continue to grow every day. Most of the panic in the past few years was due to speculation. We now know the death rate is about 10 times worse than the average flu, depending on the variant, which makes COVID problematic, but luckily it's not the Black Death either. We know that N95 masks are far more effective than other masks, And we know that the Omicron variant is less deadly than the other variants. We have more information on methods to treat infections. Apparently, the vaccines will need to be redesigned due to the high mutation rate. But regardless of the vaccine efficacy, we have more knowledge on treatments and prevention methods than we did before. I think the media will continue to sensationalize the situation for as long as possible, but I don't think people will be scared as easily now with all of the information at our disposal. My second prediction is that the world economy will do worse due to all the money printing and lockdowns. Now is the time to diversify your wealth into various stores of value and have a large emergency fund in case of economic crashes or anything similar. U.S. inflation is officially 7%, which is rather high, and there are problems inbound due to it. Governments will continue uh, with the lockdowns and mandates, even if the majority of people don't care so much anymore. More lockdowns mean more money printing and so on. Good luck to you this year and everyone listening from a micro. Checking in. We hear from Megan who writes in and says, I recently found your channel after watching the recent Little Caesars review, and I've been watching your videos ever since. Actual predictions. I predict that sadly this COVID stuff is going to get worse, probably because my boyfriend just had it, which means I have it too now. It's just so frustrating that I've done everything I could to stay safe, and other people don't even care enough to try. I also predict that Texas will freeze again and Ted Cruz will skip along to Mexico again during it rather than help people that will have no power or water. Sorry about all these depressing predictions, but I can't help but think this way since it's been the trend so long. Anyway, hope you're doing well in these difficult times. Thank you, Megan, for your prediction. Yeah, the, the, the Texas issue in terms of the, uh, the energy situation, um, regardless of one's thoughts, that was a... Uh, to see the grid just to go down like that, I couldn't believe when I saw the power outages. I guess it was last year, wasn't it? How crazy that was. <laughs> a 
goes to show the grid it's it's more fragile than you think sometimes, or perhaps prone to mismanagement, or a bit of both, right? Could be a bit of both. And I wish you, if you do indeed have the COVID, wish you a smooth and swift recovery. When I had it back in December, you know, it hit me hard for a couple days, but I was able to get back on the mend uh, relatively quickly. The thing that lingered on in my case were just some mostly tiredness and some aches. But, uh, you know, the, the real sick feeling diminished rather quickly, uh, within a few days, that is. So, hopefully, if you have it, the worst will be over, perhaps before it began. Hopefully it'll just be a very, very smooth sailing for you. Uh, We've got Patrick in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, checking in. I'm fairly confident in 2022 we will see COVID deaths in the United States top 1 million, maybe 1.5 million, as I feel we are easily on that trajectory. Deaths as of today are at 800,000. The entire country is seeing high transmission rates, over 1 million cases today, so I could easily see a future in which booster shots will be necessary every year. Internationally, I fear that the Ukraine-Russia situation will grow nearer to the point of crisis. I don't think even Vladimir Putin is crazy enough to mount an all-out invasion, but it seems Ukraine will become the Taiwan of Europe, meaning a state that remains eternally in limbo as a pawn between superpowers. It is truly unfortunate given Ukraine's wonderful culture and people. I've met and worked with a few people from that part of the world. Wondering what your thoughts are on either of these? Be well as always, and thank you for what you do. Patrick in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. So in terms of the uh, COVID death toll in this uh, in this country, uh, well, it depends on the circumstances. I, I don't think if, say, the Omicron variant happens to be the predominant variant uh, this year, and then it becomes more endemic and it's just relegated to the background... Yes, the number of deaths will continue to go up, but I don't know if it'll reach 1.5 million. Um, It seems as though, despite very high infection rates with the Omicron, the numbers show that the death rate is considerably lower, which which is great. The amount of deaths don't correlate to the case numbers, as you would have seen with previous variants. Um, But then... Mind you, in my own prediction, I said, well, things might stabilize for a bit, but then there's going to be another variant that will emerge somewhere, and just when people think that it's over, something else is going to come along, and uh, and uh, that's just how it's going to be. And uh, we will see. I hope not, but you know the way it goes. You had people a year ago obviously thinking that one year later, we would be free of this, so who's to say? Uh, the other thing, now in terms of the situation with Russia and Ukraine, again, I commented this at the beginning, but I don't see any sort of full-blown major war happening. Like I said, I don't see tanks rolling down the streets of Kiev. 
Um, but, you know, limited incursions, perhaps. Uh, you know, maybe a small-scale conflict. There might be a, a limited... Uh, there might be something that could happen, but I just don't see any sort of... Because here's the, the stark reality of it. Uh, Russia, if they want to, not saying that they will, it's very unlikely, but if they wanted to, they could easily barrel into Ukraine right now, and I think they could take over the entire country in maybe two weeks. Uh, I think they could do it. I think they, they could easily do it. They have the tactical advantage. They could open multiple fronts. They have the advantage in manpower. So what? You know, just send the troops over the border from every side that you can. If Belarus is willing to cooperate, even send in troops from Belarus and uh, also send in troops up from Crimea, what, what's going to happen? Launch uh, air attacks on Ukraine and uh, destroy any air capacity that they have, and, you know, all, the, um, all of their air force facilities. And again, just open up the multiple fronts, just swarm in. And uh, it'll be over before it began. That's how it could play out. But I think Putin realizes the geopolitical ramifications of doing such a thing. So, I, you know, when people talk about that, I think everything in the news creates that sort of vision. And you would have hundreds and hundreds of thousands dead either way. Yes, they would control Ukraine after that, but it would be at a cost. It would be a bloody albeit quick conflict, but um, bloody not only for the military personnel, but also for civilians. Such a large-scale invasion would have uh, consequences, no doubt. And uh, the humanitarian situation would be something else. But I don't see that happening. Like I said, even if it does, the U.S. would be damned foolish to get ourselves in a direct head-to-head -head conflict with Russia. And if we do that, we are going to reap what we sowed. And uh, you know what? It's one of those situations where someone makes a very stupid move. You kind of say, well, I don't know, but how did they not see this coming? Well, that's the kind of attitude I would have if we were to engage with Russia. So, you know, people are going to play the game, so to speak. A little bit here, a little bit there. Again, this is... Honestly, I don't even know if Russia is going to go in or do anything. You see this saber-rattling so much. You remember... Now, this is a different thing, mind you, but somewhat similar. With confidence, people were so certain that something was going to happen with, uh, with North Korea back in 2017, and so confident in 2019 with Venezuela that something was going to happen there, and in early 2020, so confident that this was going to be war with Iran. Is this situation going to be different? Who's to say? But we've been here before. I, <laughs> I don't expect there to be a full invasion of Ukraine. You know, things are certainly heated up. The tensions are highest they've been in the region in years. Uh, 
but the invasion that they're, they're getting the concept of into people's minds, I just don't see materializing, and uh, hopefully that'll be the case. Like I said, it would just be, uh, I, I just don't see that. But what do I know? That's just my take. And now into some more predictions. Matt, a Swedish guy in Texas, he describes himself as, as far as predictions go, oh boy, not sure that it'll necessarily be now, um, but with a little luck, this pandemic will soon turn endemic based on how, how quickly and vastly people are catching it. Just maybe it's what uh, can get us closer to how things used to be. I'm someone who really enjoys your content and a fan of your personality and attitude about holding fast to who you are despite the pressures of the herd mentality. I have a question regarding one of your latest food reviews where you almost broke your teeth trying to bite into a vegan chicken-flavored piece of shoe leather. Truly, it appears that a lot of the items you've tried lately have been let's say, quite underwhelming. Do you think that you have hit the true bottom of the barrel with that item, or can it get worse? Prices are going up. Fast food items are getting worse. But when does it end? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So thank you, Mats, for checking in. I don't think I've hit rock bottom yet. I really don't. I think that there are sadly more ways that an item can be ruined than one can conceivably imagine. As a matter of fact, um, let's open up a fast food news site. And let's see what we've got. It's like, all right, there aren't a ton of new items out right now, but, um, <laughs> What is this? I've never heard of this place. Slim Chickens? Is that a chain? Where are they? I've never heard of them. There's only 104 locations still. There's a presence. Arkansas and Oklahoma. Okay. I read the name by accident, I guess, because I'm in a negative frame of mind in terms of the fast food as a slime chicken. <laughs> I thought to myself, because of the pessimistic attitude toward the, the fast food, I thought to myself, Slime Chicken? What the hell kind of name is that for a place? But alright, let's just use this as an example. You know, it's a Memphis-style barbecue chicken sandwich. And it comes with tangy barbecue sauce, creamy coleslaw, fresh pickles on a toasted brioche bun. No, there's ways that you could ruin this poor sandwich and desecrate the thing beyond recognition. Um, you look at the thing that I got from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings that day. Right, imagine something like that. But that piece of chicken, that chicken tender, that was just by itself on the bun, has the consistency of the Beyond Nuggets from KFC, the bun is burnt, and it's three times as expensive as usual. So, it could be a whole lot worse. And maybe it'll get there, maybe it won't. 
but I think that they're going to keep trying to push the envelope as to how bad it can get. Now they'll say, well, we're going to make it as bad as can be as long as we can get away with it. Because why not? Why, you know, spend the time, money, and resources into even making a product good, tolerable, or bearable if we know people are just going to get it anyway? Why bother, right? I mean, I disagree with that, but that mentality, undeniably, some have. Why bother if they're just going to get it anyway? So, we will see. But I think it's going to get worse. Um, But it's going to be hit or miss. And one thing that I wish to do with these reviews is I am going to try what I receive, and I will give an honest assessment thereof. Some people will not like the outcome for some reviews. They'll say, well, you know, go get one that's better. But I refuse to do that. It's a clear problem that people do get these days, you know, in terms of the declining quality of pretty much everything. So uh, I will call it out. I, I will. I'm not going to stop. Anyway, Bear is checking in two predictions. Prediction one. First, I believe we will absolutely start seeing the financial effects of the reaction to COVID-19 globally, but specifically in the U.S. I believe that businesses who choose to enact or enforce vaccine mandates will suffer greatly, while those who do not enact or enforce them will prosper. The factory I work at is going to lose 40% of their existing workforce, which is already grossly understaffed and affecting production numbers, when their own mandate comes around in March. And I believe many other businesses will experience the same issues. And as inflation and gas prices continue to rise, the supply chain remains in shambles, and many small businesses who were forced to close during the first wave of lockdowns are still trying to catch up and stay afloat. I believe we will start seeing the beginning of something of a depression before the year is over. Second, I believe that our country will continue to become more and more divided. I believe we are headed toward a split in which the red and blue states become two separate countries. I think in the long run this will be better, as there no longer seems to be any common ground to unite red and blue states. Ultimately, I think this will really help relations between those in the U.S. as we know it now. Sort of like how the U.S. became an ally with England after we thought after we fought to gain our freedom from the empire. While I do hate to see this happen, right now half the country feels alienated every time we have an election or a decision in the Supreme Court, or really any time that anything happens. No one really cares about unity and compromise anymore, and we have no values that unite us together anymore. It's like a marriage between two people who only stay together out of spite to try to make one another more miserable. While we may not see that full split this year, I believe we will start seeing more people expressing this as more than a fringe view. 
And third, I believe we will see my beloved Atlanta Braves do well in the MLB playoffs, and perhaps even go to the World Series again. This may be wishful thinking than a prediction. Thanks for taking the time to read this, and I wish you a happy and fantastic new year from Bear. So thank you, Bear. Yeah, the uh, concept of that sort of division in the United States... I've thought about that. I've thought about the U.S. maybe splitting up and, uh, you know, the the conservative states have their own country and the, uh, and the liberal states have their own country and the states kind of between those two just have to pick a side and stick with it and uh, join one or the other. I, you know, do I want to see that happen? No. But here's where something like this starts sounding almost reasonable. Let's say the polarization continues, right? And let's say it gets worse and worse and worse. And the two sides split further apart. No one is willing to work with the other side. So it just gets completely worse. And the ideologies become further and further apart. And the states governed thereby become more and more solidly so. So things don't really swing one way or the other. It's like you're going to eventually have the permanent red states and the permanent blue states with no fluctuation. So let's say eventually, like I said, these partisan divisions and polarizations just get out of hand. If it really got to the point... Now, I personally don't think we would ever get to a civil war because of internet addiction and social media addiction and uh, people are too... You know, it's just, it's not going to happen, I don't think. Either way, though, let's theorize that somehow a civil war will be possible. I mean, what would be the better outcome? You know, have a bloody civil war and destroy half the country while we're at it, or split into two countries, and at the very least, the natural beauty of this country will likely be preserved, as will the lives of countless individuals, right? You start looking at it that way. Now, some people will still say a civil war because we have to wipe out the other side and play for keeps. But if it got that dire, I could understand the logic behind balkanization. But I hope it doesn't ever reach that point. But I could understand how that concept can get really darn appealing if you're faced with grimmer prospects. And if it's a civil war and it'll be bloody and destructive for both sides, or you just split, and that's it. Now it's two countries instead of one. One sounds better than the other. That's just how I see it. But people will argue that, and I understand the the argument. They'll say, no, we have to preserve the union at all costs, though. We, we, We can't. Uh, split the U.S. Like I said, I don't want to see it split. I'm just speaking theoretically here. You know, it's just, I could understand, like I said. Um, But this is just hypothetical. You don't even, you're talking about a theorized civil war. (laughs) Who knows at this point? But um, I could certainly see that, though, people even just mentioning that without those even conditions taken into account or theoretics, they would just be, you know, speaking 
speaking right here, right now, I can see some of those discussions getting into the limelight. Uh, here comes a 2022 prediction from Mike in Tampa, Florida. Try as I might, it's difficult to be optimistic about the coming year, not only because of COVID, but the state of the world in general. I'm not one to pay close attention to the news or the media, but from the bits that I do pick up, things don't seem to be getting better out there. As far as COVID goes, it seems to be dividing the world for one reason or another. The economy seems to be trending downward. Inflation is insane. There seems to be a shortage for everything. <laughs> Literally, I know someone who tried to get dark-colored paint and was told there's a dark pigment shortage. As far as the United States goes, it pains me to say I couldn't be less proud to be a citizen. I feel the country is at a breaking point, and I cannot see any way for us to go back to what things once were, and I feel like a civil war is imminent. Unfortunately, I'm currently in the process, along with my better half, of building a house in Florida, where we currently live, and I'm having second thoughts. Part of me wants to not even move in, sell the place once it's built in June or July. In all honesty, I'd like to leave this country, go to a place like New Zealand or Norway, where they actually seem to care about their citizens' well-being. Alas, it seems like most countries aren't accepting of folks from the U.S. unless you're a billionaire, of which I certainly am not. Sorry for the bleak outlook, but it's difficult to have anything but nowadays. Yeah, to interject, I, I, I get it. I, uh, I understand completely. You saw how optimistic my prediction was. Uh, I sure hope I'm in the minority with my outlook, and I sincerely look forward to hearing what others think. I think, as you could tell, you're not in the minority. Um, lots of uh, pessimistic predictions for 2022, but like I said, I understand that you saw I started off the show with a pessimistic prediction because I think the way I see it, and I I would wager based on what we've been reading, um, many of you listening do, how can you not see it that way, right? After you've seen how the last two years have played out and the road things are going down, now that's not to say that an extraordinary U-turn can't be made and things could get better, but it seems unlikely. You know, the road narrows and narrows, and let's say you have a cliff edge to your left and just rocks to the right, and the path keeps narrowing and narrowing. And maybe you don't have the option to reverse. You just got to keep going forward, or you could try to swing around and make that U-turn while the road is wide enough, but keeps narrowing. That window is closing. Still possible, but it seems like how can it get to that point? I don't know. But I think a lot of you understand uh, the lack of optimism because, well, <laughs> you have it too. We hear from Andrew in Illinois with a prediction. Prediction 1. Supposing the virus continues to remain a threat, in an effort to keep the pandemic under control, there will be new mandates, restrictions, lockdowns, and policies in place that will impact parts of the U.S. 
With the virus continuing to mutate into new variants, I imagine that certain states, uh, perhaps initially like New York or California, will make boosters mandatory, and it will be more common to see individuals without proof of inoculation to be barred from public life, much like how we are seeing in other countries like Austria, Germany, France, Australia, etc. I think the definition of fully vaccinated will change when the rollout of boosters becomes pushed more. With this, I think we will see more outrage and protests against these policies, and thus will cause further division and instability in the country. I think there will be a lot of fatigue in the general population around dealing with the pandemic, and many people will grow increasingly impatient or frustrated with those who do or do not comply, and as a result we will see division, uprising, and chaos. Critics and skeptics of the orders and mandates will continue to be censored across platforms, non-conforming individuals will be blamed, and considered public enemies. Now, the second route things could go, this is my best case scenario as to how I see the pandemic playing out. I think that the Omicron variant currently circulating, um, which can be said by some to be less severe than past strains, will infect millions of people and run its course. The natural immunity will be strong in much of the population so that the threat of the virus becomes much lower and there will be less severe cases. I'm not a doctor, but I think that the virus would have a harder time finding hosts when a majority of the population have gained natural protection against it, but I don't think it will be eradicated completely. However, I do think that politicians and health officials will realize that we will just have to abandon the zero-COVID strategy and look at how we can move on and coexist shut down free, with this virus now being perhaps as equal of a threat to the flu. However, despite the threat of the virus possibly being decreased, I still believe that there will continue to be heavy-handed measures in place to get people vaccinated across the globe due to the special interests of Big Pharma and other political motives. I apologize if these insights are bleak and pessimistic, but these are the thoughts that are at the forefront of my mind when it comes to thinking about how this year will play out. The pandemic situation is currently what interests me the most in terms of current events, so that's why I extensively thought on that. However, some of my other predictions are that inflation will get worse before it gets better, cryptocurrency will be more prevalent, more people working home, uh, going forward, more advances in AI technology, electric vehicles becoming more common, there will be some achievements in flights and rocket launches from SpaceX and Blue Origin. So thank you, Andrew, for your predictions. I like that you broke the COVID situation down into the two um, potential routes, that you didn't necessarily just look at it from a blanket point of view, but you said, well, if it, if it goes this way, this is what I think will happen. If it goes that way, then I think that's what will happen. But like I said, you know, I, I think that, yeah, that sort of stuff will continue either way. And no matter what, it's going to cause, it's going to cause division. It's going to cause problems. And, uh, 
as I've said, it's just uh, things I don't think are going to get... I don't think 2022 is going to be that magic year where everything suddenly gets better. I just don't see that happening. We will see. All right, Christian... Let me just read this real quick. Okay, Christian in Denmark. I hope this email finds you well and at ease. A few predictions for you. Prediction 1. Come autumn, the stock market will crash at least 50%. Prediction 2. A celebrity death, Clint Eastwood, will pass away. I really hope to be mistaken on this one. I've always admired Mr. Eastwood and his many movies. And prediction three. The price of uranium will rise dramatically as countries across the globe turn to nuclear power. Three predictions from Christian in Denmark. Thank you, Christian. We write... We hear from... Not write from, but we hear from Jason with a few generalized predictions. Let's see. Anyway, I had to stop for a moment, but I'm getting back into the prediction. Let's read what we can. I think 2022 will be a transformative year around the world. In the US, I feel that political oppression will become more and more fashionable, leading to further polarization and dissolution. This will result in continued fracturing of American society and the continued focus inward and ignoring the problems across the world in favor of partisan politics. People will increasingly look to their own news media in a group to share ideas about what's going on in the country and world. This will lead to one of the most divisive midterm elections we've seen as a country this November. Usually midterms are pretty boring, and only get watched by political wonks because they're off-year elections, but it seems that this year will attract a lot of attention. The Republicans will get a congressional victory if everything we're seeing in polls and various leaders' approval ratings remains the same through November. This won't really have an effect on our lives outside of the increased news coverage we'll all notice. On the media and technology side of things, I think this year we will see a continued rise of alternative media outlets that gain more following and legitimacy than the legacy news media. Alternative tech platforms will rise in popularity. Sites like Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram will continue to make unpopular decisions to appease vocal minorities, but will still be around and the news legacy media will demonize their competition on political grounds. The U.S.'s ability to exert power internationally will continue to weaken, and the U.S. will lean into its relationships by exerting force where it can with NATO, the EU, and our Western allies, like the Commonwealth countries. Finland and Sweden have discussed joining NATO recently, so that's in the cards. The West will use democracy versus autocracy as its rallying cry against Russia and China. A new Russia-China alliance will continue to grow with more joint exercises, uh, i.e. Chinese troops 
doing winter warfare training in Russia and both nations uh, performing joint air patrols in the Pacific. The strengthening alliance may cause other countries like India, Egypt, or Turkey to abandon the West in favor of that new growing power. The Ukrainian conflict is the the major potential for larger conflict, but in the early months of 2022, starting in January, there will be extensive talks between the U.S. and Russia focusing on that issue. China essentially absorbed Hong Kong last year without much protest from the West, and the Taiwan issue may continue to develop this year, although we've been hearing a lot less about it in Western media. There are reports that the Chinese economy is about to see massive contractions. This has been hyped up for over a decade, though, so it's not a certainty. Smaller conflicts will continue to develop. The Ethiopian Tigray rebel conflict is in a stalemate now, but the country is unstable and ethnic conflict could boil over outside of the northern regions of the country. The U.S. may back the government in the event of a full-scale civil war to defend the last non-failed state in the Horn of Africa. Latin America is incredibly unstable, and we will likely see more migration from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras to the United States. Honduras just had an election where a leftist candidate won, but the country has an incredibly strong military that aligned with the outgoing president. The country is already a narco-dictatorship, with low-level conflict in the countryside that's driving migration to the U.S., and if the new president clashes with the military, there's a chance for that increase to increase due to violence. On COVID, new variants will continue to be found, but the public will lose interest in updates on the virus on a large scale. The virus will become endemic, and people will want to move on from the lockdowns and mandates. Countries that pursue harsh methods will face political upheaval in upcoming elections and protests that could lead to riots. Violent footage from protests and riots will circulate on the internet and cause international sympathy from those in countries with looser restrictions. Fuel prices in the U.S. and Europe will continue to increase, made more difficult by political motivations, such as delaying the certification of the Russian gas pipeline to Western Europe. In the U.S., it's been made to cancel pipelines without any significant progress on alternative fuel sources, so we also will see increases in fuel and electricity prices this winter. Any real environmental disasters will be used to promote political and economic goals. I know all of this sounds incredibly blackpilling, and I don't mean for it to be. This is the most accurate appraisal I can personally give. I have a lot to look forward to in 2022 for myself, and I hope everyone else listening does. I know I'll have weddings and bachelor parties to attend this year, and I look forward to spending more time with friends and family. I want to travel to see friends more, so I expect a few Amtrak rides in my future. And I'll try to write in about my experience. I also plan to get more into my health and fitness year. 
I'm 30 pounds lighter than I was the same time in 2021, and hopefully a year from now I can be at least 30 more lighter with continued progress. I also plan to read more this year, get more professional certifications, and maybe learn Italian. Well, here's to an eventful 2022 from Jason. So thank you, Jason, for checking in. And uh, I want to say congratulations, by the way, on, uh, on losing the 30 pounds. I imagine you worked quite hard to attain that goal. And uh, I hope for 2022 you're able to continue to take your health in the direction that you want to take it. So thank you for your predictions, and uh, it's good to hear from you. And by, and by all means, if you take some Amtrak trips, uh, I'd love to hear about it, because I haven't been on an Amtrak train since 2017. So uh, tell me all about it. I would, uh, I would like to hear your, your thoughts. So don't hesitate to write in. With that, that's all that I have for you in today's broadcast. Well, the predictions, I think they were more pessimistic than optimistic. And uh, I think some people who listened to this show who maybe have a more optimistic view, uh, maybe some of the predictions weren't what one was hoping to hear. But I hope at the very least one could, uh, you know, intriguingly or inquisitively examine the different perspectives you know, and see, well, wonder why so many people feel this way about, about things in the future, etc. Or vice versa. And let's see what direction things take for 2022. Are they going to go on that downhill trend, like so many of us, myself included, expect? Or will the, uh, the, the positive minority prove to be correct, and uh, things will get better? I hope that that's the case. I, I want to be wrong. I'm sure that most of you listening in who either gave the predictions that were more pessimistic or at least agree with those sentiments uh, hope for the same thing, right? We would like for it to be an odd, odds-defying year and uh, wind up being good, even if regardless of how things turn out, if it's a good year for one personally, uh, I would hope anyway for the betterment of this country and the world and all of the people therein, it's just a, a better year for us all. And, uh, well, let's see. We're almost one month down. We're all still here, so far anyway. Let's see what the future holds. And uh, it'll be interesting to revisit this show in 2023. And, uh, like I said, hopefully in 2023, if I'm still around and I'm listening in, I can be sitting there and I could be shaking my head when I said that it's going to be a, a better year than anticipated, and I'll think that's the, that's the prediction that was right in this show. Let's hope, but we will see. No matter what, though, regardless of what path things take this year, I think it's very important to stay true to yourself. Clichéd it may be, it's important to be yourself, and just try, in accompaniment with that, to be a decent person. In this age where I think sometimes I feel like civility is breaking down very gradually and things are getting worse, it might be a long-term trend that maybe you can't fight, but I personally believe anyway that it's important not to let it 
die out completely. I still think it's important to try to treat others with respect, uh, kindness, dignity, you know, have morals and just try to be a decent person, but have your wits about you too. Realize that, yeah, there's lots of bad people in this world and uh, be on the lookout, have that extra pair of eyes in the back of your head, essentially, and uh, go with your gut instinct as well. You know, some people will try to take advantage of those good qualities. I mean, if you have to be firm when you have to be, that's the way it goes, but I think generally speaking, I think it's still important to try to be the best you can be when you can be. And with that, that's all that I have for you for today's program. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be safe, be healthy, and I wish you all the very best. Take care, this is VORW.